here. We are here. Finally. We're here in the location that we've not really been able to talk about yet. No. Not op- not severely. Not severely. Not severely. <laughs> so if you have completely missed out, we've let our patrons know. We posted a few things on social media, but if you are uh, just a listener of the podcast and haven't seen any of that. Were those in the private Patreon mm-hmm. Facebook group? No, 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 no. Uh, those were on the Facebook group. Okay, just so the people general. do know about this. Unless you don't follow the Facebook. Okay. Just for the select If you people. are not in yeah. face, yeah, our coven, you don't know what's going on. Join the coven. <laughs> Lots of primo info over there. Where are we today? We are staying at the gorgeous oh. Excelsior House Hotel in Jefferson, Texas. This hotel is banging. I love everything about it. It is a history buffs. Oh, yeah. Uh, my brain went to wet dream. I couldn't help I, No, it. that's exactly what I was going to say. It is a history buffs. Ho wet dream. It is a paranormal buffs. Wet dream. Even though they don't love to talk about it. That's true. Yeah. I do feel a little bit bad. I know. It's like, oh, y'all don't like to talk about this? Let's record our podcast here and tell everyone about it. Yeah. Uh, But it's not like this is something that is uncovered. This this hotel is highly, highly reported on and paranormal. Oh, yeah. There's been some big stories, which we're going to get into. Oh, absolutely. Um, Some very terrible stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, the whole town of Jefferson is just a pit of ghosts. It is, I've seen it referred to as the most haunted town in Texas. In Texas, Now, yeah. granted, there's a handful of towns that like to make that proclamation. Yes. Uh, Granbury, Texas, mm-hmm. one of them. One uh, that I would love to do mm-hmm. uh, coming up. I would love to stay at the Nut House Hotel in oh, Granbury, absolutely. Texas. We have all kinds of plans, but welcome to the first the haunted location. First, the very first. And a very special welcome to our Patreon um, supporters who are viewing this. Hello, hello. We're going to put out a call to you. Now, yes, we are still recording on a laptop. Yes. <laughs> However, our sound should be a little bit improved. Yes, we have a we have a microphone, uh, so we shouldn't sound like an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be a little bit better for you guys. And you might hear some ghosts talking, so... That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I want to put out a call to you guys to if there is anything that happens in this video, you hear anything that sounds a little suspect. Yeah. Please, uh, please let us know. Mark the time signature mm-hmm. and let us know what you think. We'll try to catch everything that we can in editing and in post, <laughs> but... I gotta say, I'm not quite looking forward to that. This is going to be a mamma jamma yeah. to deal with. Yeah. Um, that and being spooky. said. And quite scary especially when we do get into the more um we're gonna do some evp work yeah yeah we're gonna do some paranormal investigation we are legitimate ghost hunters now you guys and amateurs absolute however what is not amateur is uh do we have our paperwork on us about our equipment so we do we have some goods and we want to say uh a special thank you again to the lovely north texas paranormal research team who lent us their very very nice equipment yes so we can do this special investigation for you guys absolutely so check them out yes Uh, i'm i don't know if they're on facebook they might be but give them a look give them a glance uh they're very respectful Mm -hmm. if y'all don't mind i would love to uh i'd love to introduce ourselves let's officially introduce ourselves to um to the room to the room and anything that might be here with us today. All right. Before we start this, I do want to say that we have spritzed down 
with What's the protective tonic per- protective spray we've got our protective amulets mm-hmm. we've done some protection work and so. we're not trying to we're not trying to rustle any feathers here absolutely we're just not. trying to say hello we're trying to say hello we're not trying to do anything more than speak to past human beings yeah that's it no demons allowed here today no uh so here we go hello we are a couple of investigators and we are not here to harm you we are only here to study and understand you my name is macy and this is my fellow investigator my name is charlie the devices that we have will help us capture your voice Mm -hmm. image or detect your presence this will allow us to hear see or possibly communicate with you now i do want to take a moment to explain the okay. devices that we have. Mm-hmm. Now, we've already done that to the Patreon viewers, but for the podcast and for anyone here in this room who is with us and is listening, um, we have a couple of things. There is a, ch- a particular chair in this room that we will talk about. We will talk about. And we have a device in it that will let us know if anything comes about five inches. Yeah, I'd say that's fair, yeah. It starts letting us know if anything is at about five inches away from it and gets more intense as the space closes. Uh, and we'll be able to hear that noise. Uh, there's a very, like I said, the chair is very active. Yes. So we've placed this device in the chair. So to anyone listening, if you want to make yourselves know, you can touch this device over here with the antenna. It will not hurt you. Nothing we have here today will hurt you. It might make some noise. Might make some noise. Uh, but that's just going to let us know that you're listening. We also have a couple of EMF detectors placed around the room. And those are more for us to... See what might be giving us feedback, yeah. uh, computers, plugs, yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Uh, we do, however, have one on us, and they all will they'll go off. Yeah, and those are motorcycles, by the way, if you'll hear those rumblings. Yes. <laughs> um, and we have tested these. I walked mm-hmm. around to the lamps and computers, things like that, to kind of know what a normal level mm-hmm. is. So we know what that is. Nothing has sent it into the yellow. Nothing. Unless and we put it, like, to a cell phone. Yeah. And it, the one that we have here, I, I can already hear people saying, this is too close to microphones, it's too close to we've computers. Uh, we've already got a kind of a baseline to know where we are with that. Uh, every once in a while, electronics will put out a burst of energy. We understand that. This is more just to have on us, I guess, to give us a, an alert system. If it yeah. goes off, we'll, we'll do further investigation. But we have other ones placed uh, around the room. We also will be doing EVP work and asking particular questions. Yep. Yeah, they have some really great questions on the back of here. So the North Texas Paranormal Research team has some questions that you can ask, mm-hmm. and they have them on the back of these very nifty cards, mm-hmm. uh, such as, is there anybody here who would like to talk to us? Mm-hmm. Um, can you see us? Are others with you? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll have these questions that if we get a hit, we can give them a little talking to. And they also have some rules for I us. I like the rules. I think they're nice. I love rules in general. <laughs> uh, um, but we do have some rules here. Uh, and we are going to adhere to these yep. in respect for not only the who, who's lent us to lent this stuff to us, yep. but also in respect to the inhabitants. spirits, the yeah. inhabitants here. And that is no whispering. We will not be whispering amongst ourselves. Yeah. We will not say, uh, we'll, we'll try not to say, did you hear that? Yeah. Because we don't want it to pick up on the mic as yeah. something. If we do hear anything, very like Macy just did, if we hear any abnormal noises document it we will mark them like she just said those are motorcycles yeah so we will know later not only for you guys but for us that rumbling in the background is motorcycle yes they also say to allow about one to two minutes between questions after we ask them that's a that's good that's a good one and it's also kind of a pet peeve for me i watch a lot of evp work oh and they just hammer them off just yeah who are you where are you from it's like if you're trying to manifest the energy to answer that's going to take a second yeah 
Also, yeah. if you came at me talking like that, it's like, dude, you're fucking calm awesome. down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also have <laughs> to try to speak clearly using um, any kind of microphones or anything that, that we're doing. We're going to try to speak very clearly, yeah. which is a struggle for me and my inner Sean Connery. You do. I do love, fine. I do love a good mouth mush. <laughs> Uh, and as always, be respectful of the grounds you are walking on and the property. Very true. Um, this property has some history. Tell, you, you know a little of the history. Um, pop off some of that. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to delve into too much. Yeah. Um, because uh, some of it's going into my story. However, the the adorable concierge here told us a little bit about the property. It is. This is a very women positive place. Absolutely. Um, a lot of internal metal mm-hmm. by, I believe it was 12 women mm-hmm. are the reason that we're in this hotel today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will explain why I believe you're talking about Diamond Bessie. Yes, ma'am. So we will get into that further. However, this hotel is the longest single running operation hotel in the state of Texas. Yes. Once it was opened, it has never closed. Mm-hmm. It has been renovated. However, uh... Very lightly, might I add, renovated. They were very tasteful. They were. They kept it to the to the era, mm-hmm. um, but things that were dilapidated, mildewed, things like that. These uh, these women busted their mm-hmm. ass and made it a very very gorgeous gorgeous place. Yeah. And like you said, they they paid respect to this person who has stayed here in yes. the past. And, and this is all very non metaphysical stuff. This is non paranormal stuff that we're talking right yeah, now. Yeah, this with is the just history. history. The the like you said, the very sweet concierge. If you guys come here, she's adorable. She has so much knowledge on the history of this place. However, I would like to say the hotel themselves and the ownership and everything. They um, they don't. They don't like to talk about it. They don't like to talk about it. Yeah. I I think they are more focused on the history Mm -hmm. and things like that. And to them, the other stuff, the paranormal is like, eh, you know, like there's more important shit. And that's okay. That is, this is their property and their stuff. Now we are talking about it. Like we said, we hope that we are not being disrespectful in that. Uh, However, many people have done it. This is not something that is new yeah um so and it's spooky as shit so we're gonna do it yeah and i mean we really cannot say enough how enjoyable this hotel Mm -hmm. is we have been all over looking at different rooms and things like that they've been more than gracious uh kind of given us free reign to to look around Uh, there's pieces here from all over the world Mm -hmm. hundreds of years old it's just a very beautiful just historically rich Mm -hmm. building and i i love it we walked the courtyard we did. Today. We strolled. We had like a parlor stroll with some wine. Absolutely, it's lovely. And it's the whole place is is appointed magnificently. Oh yeah, it's appointed beautifully. And I know that we're gonna get to the spooky stuff. I swear, <laughs> but I just really want to talk about how if you're not into paranormal stuff and you're in Texas, make a stop by Jefferson. Just yeah, come through Jefferson. It's a really interesting town. Mm-hmm. I uh, it made an impression on me. I came here. I believe I was ten years old the mm-hmm. last time I was here. Is my mom, my grandmother, and me. We came, and there's just a ton of history, a lot of really interesting shops mm-hmm. and places. We stumbled upon a lovely little metaphysical shop. We did, yeah. Uh, out of the blue, it was Claire de Lune's uh, right. Mystic Emporium. Yes. Was what it was called. And that's where you're lovely. We have our little, which your little smoky quartz tower here. Yes. Uh, just to kind of keep his company. It was a lovely little shop. And she even went through the trouble of cleansing it with salt. Yeah. Uh, you know, to kind of get everybody's... Everybody touches the stuff. Yeah, and she, was, she and was good. You know, especially if you're a novice, she was saying, like, you know, do you know how to set your intention? Do you know how to do this? And, you know, charged it up and got it ready to go home with you and yes. things like that. She took it very seriously. And now it's here to help keep our intentions 
non-negative, I guess. Yeah. To keep yeah. everything on a very positive, positive. vibe, which is, where, which is where we want to keep it. Because that's the thing. And I don't want to jump to, um, because of things I've had to deal with in the past, mm-hmm. so often activity for me, I associate with being negative. Right. You know, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, that's not always the case. And right. so I'm glad that it's here to help kind of absorb my preconceived notions yeah. um, and, and do this right. Do this yeah. for the first time in a conversational way. <laughs> I also would like to state that um, out of all the stories, and, and I'm not completely certain about all of them because we're doing a new thing. Yeah. Uh, we're, Normally we do our two kind of smaller stories and then a one main topic that's not really related to the rest of the the yeah. rest of the show. Our two smaller topics today each are going to be about Jefferson and about this hotel yep. and and various things. So we're doing something new and from my what I've seen nothing seems to be evil. No, there's just high strangeness in yeah. some parts. But some of it's rooted in the evil of humans. That's what I want to say. Do you have one of those today? I do. I've got a big one for... So this town, you guys, has had a rough history. Oh, yeah. Uh, Not only just a rough history being a river town, there, of course, were slaves here. Mm -hmm. Um, Slaves were horribly murdered. Yeah. Unjustly for no reason. Yes. So while there might not necessarily be malicious presences, malicious human nature caused some of the presences to be here. Yes. Um, and I do think that's in, that's important mm-hmm. to, to clarify. And I think in a lot of these cases, there are sometimes there's anger yes. involved. Yeah, and <laughs> justly so. I, I, absolutely. And I think movies and things have, have led us to believe when there's anger with a spirit, there's that evil. It automatically, yeah. exactly. They're they're going to come back for revenge, and that's not how that works. Sometimes they just want to say their piece. Yeah, absolutely. You know, tell the truth, tell what happened, mm-hmm. and oftentimes. It's fucking awful. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's terrible. And like we said, the hotel uh, and everybody who works here, they kind of keep all of this on the hush-hush. Yeah. Uh, however, they are not trying to stop anyone from reporting on this or for having the Facebook pages and things like that. So if you are interested in seeing the photos of things that have happened at this actual hotel, they do have a Facebook page. Yeah. I wanted to say that again because uh, I was kind of worried because earlier it did sound a little bit like we were like, fuck them, we're going to do it anyway. And they've been completely lovely <laughs> They've been gracious. They themselves do not wish to talk about it, was all I wanted to say. So what are you, other than our Jefferson topics, what are you talking about? Okay, so I have some light history on uh, the town that okay. I think is relevant. Um other than our Jefferson topics. Other than the Jefferson. What's, oh, your, okay. what's your big guy? My big guy is actually probably not nearly as long as my Jefferson topics, okay. to be honest with you. Uh, it's just very interesting. I'm going to be talking about the legend of Polybus. Okay. A video game slash U.S. government conspiracy theory. Oh, baby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I was thinking if we're sticking to ghosts and talking very ghostly things and talking very evil human nature things, I wanted my third topic to be a departure from that. Mine is not. Really? I am talking about, and see, I'm excited about this topic because it's a tricky one. Mm. Because in a lot of ways, it could be based in hoax. Okay. But at the root, I think it's true. Really? Okay. Sort of. I'll get into that. I'm talking about the Divic box. Really? Mm. Oh, wow. This has been a long time coming. It's a long time coming. Uh, I, I thought it would be interesting, especially being in a room with such old pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I, I'm going, 
back to the original eBay listing that started this whole story. Okay. Talking about what happened to it, where it is now, which is utterly ridiculous. Oh, yeah, there's some... Dude. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the recent shit that happened, but it's absurdity, which so it will almost end in a comic manner. Um, but there's some interesting discussion because Absolutely. the thing is, is that a lot of this is based on three random people's word. Mm. However, I believe in possessed and haunted objects. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so it's, it could be either or for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I agree that money has been made on this story oh. without a doubt. However, things that are described happen in possessed objects. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there could be a root of truth. I'm going to leave it to you to decide. I have a bit of a skeptical approach talking about, all right, this happened, but you know, mm -hmm. also this happened, mm -hmm. you know, so we can, we can come. It's long. Mm -hmm. I have a lot to read, but I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to hear about it. Oh, I myself, I think that a lot of this stuff, whether it be paranormal or conspiracy theory or whatever, as a skeptical minded person and trying to come at it with that. I also think that there is a kernel of truth in a lot of these things. Oftentimes. Yeah. You know, and just because, um, like you said, money has been made on the story. Yes. But then in, in the instance of this hotel, money's also been made from the spirits here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think it gives it any less yeah. importance. It just means that somebody has capitalized upon it. Yeah. Which can lead to someone making some pretty outrageous claims. Right. So I'm excited to see what's going on with this. So I am, y'all, I'm so excited. Okay. I would also, while you're getting your notes together, I would like to say that um, a very famous local story here, a, a namesake of one of the rooms here at the hotel, and a very important uh, thing in history that happened revolves around a woman named Bessie. As she became to know, uh, came to be known as Diamond Bessie. She had a lot of diamonds, and she, she wore them a lot. Diamonds, and we are in honor of that drinking red diamond Merlot. To you, Bessie. To you, Bessie, and the horrible shit you went through. Oh my God, it's a horrible story. But again, has a nice ending in a way, as oh. much as it can. As much as it can. Um, so all right, y'all, let's talk about this room. We are in the Jay Gold room. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous room, mm -hmm. I have to say. This is. One of the more beautiful rooms I think I've ever stayed in. It's also ginormous. It is huge. Huge. Big. Beautiful. And uh, so let's talk about it. Okay. So over the years, this hotel that we're staying at has had a lot of famous guests, including mm -hmm. Ulysses S. Grant, mm -hmm. Oscar Wilde, Rutherford B. Hayes, mm -hmm. Jay Gould, where the name was named, Lady Bird Johnson, and Steven Spielberg. Yes. Now, Steven Spielberg's story <laughs> is a fucking wild one. And... It's nuts. And this is the room that we're staying in tonight. This is the room we're recording in right now. Yes. All of these people have stayed or at least been in this room at some point. Yes. With Steven Spielberg himself. Staying in this room? Actually, this he, is the room he was... He did not make it through the night. So, here we go. <laughs> so, while there are at least three rooms uh, allegedly haunted at this hotel, the most haunted room is said to be the Jay Gold Room. Uh, <laughs> upon entering this historic room, this is, I, I got the, I'll put the links and everything. This is why it's kind of descriptive, but I thought it was nice. So, but yeah, I mean, we can just describe it. So upon entering this room, you're, I was immediately taken aback just by the rich beauty of it. The grandeur. Grandeur Absolutely. is, it's, yes. I keep coming back to the word stately. Stately. It's just rich, 
beautiful carved wood and beautiful rugs and just stunning furniture. And this so you, floor that I would not be surprised if you told me was original to the building. I would, you know. I, yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely stunning, stunning, stunning. Uh, you know, headboards uh, which were made of Circassian walnut from Russia. Mm. And uh, there's other antiques in the room and there's a rocking chair, which we'll talk about this rocking chair in a moment. Steven Spielberg, from what I read, and he, he later... Con- I've heard of him. He, yeah, he later confirmed this in an interview. Um, he, but from what I was reading, he actually did not want to stay here. He thought it was kind of like, no, let's go, let's keep on going and go somewhere newer, you know, like somewhere. But his crew was exhausted and they're like, let's just fucking stay here. Okay. Like, dude. Well, it worked out for him because according to him, this room helped inspire him to write Poltergeist. This room made him a lot of money. A lot of money. But also if it inspired such a notoriously horrifying movie. Some shit happened. What are we going to get into? He stayed in this room in the late 70s or the early 80s. Um, and according to his accounts, which he, he said this in an interview, he later corroborated this. He felt uneasy the whole time. He felt like someone was following him, you know, just following him around like he had a, a shadow almost. Um, and upon entering the room, he tossed his briefcase into the rocking chair and it launched itself back at him. It tossed itself, it like, like someone threw it back at him. Like, don't fucking throw this at me. And so it's, it's right over here, yeah, I know, but over our shoulders. And, and he said <laughs> that when he was in the room, he could hear someone just kind of following him around, like just like walking around the room, you know, and I have a theory about this and I don't necessarily think it's bad. After that, a nervous Steven Spielberg had a hard time going to sleep, mainly because the rocking chair would not stop rocking, but also he was just kind of uneasy. And eventually he drifted off to sleep only to be awakened at like 2 a.m. by a little boy in the room asking if he wanted to go to breakfast. And he promptly GTFO'd. Jesus. Uh, it said that he went to the street and yelled for his crew to pack his bags and get the fuck out. Um, so he didn't finish the night. Here's the thing. And that's in this room. That's in this room. Okay. Could be that the little boy, that's what was following him around. He's yeah. just interested in him. You know, maybe he knows he's a movie guy. He's a big movie man, you know. Wanted some breakfast. It's possible, you know. I don't know. And it, like, the briefcase being thrown back is a little weird, but it's also kind of playful, mm-hmm. potentially. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, it, again, nothing super, like, scary, mm-hmm. you know. It's not like he was awoken by a monster. Mm-hmm. It was just a little boy, like, you want some breakfast? Um, so along with this though, and this is not particularly in this room, but the second floor of the hotel, which we're on, which we're on, is said to have a headless man who appears outside our doorway. Like outside this door right here. You can look out the keyhole sometimes. No, shut up. Are you serious? Deadly. And, um, but he also stalks the, uh, the fucking hallways. And, um, there's also a woman in black with a child. And she's seen regularly walking around. Hmm. Um, Is it the little boy? I don't know. I think it's like an infant. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was short and sweet, but that is the story of our room that we'll be staying in this evening. That is fantastic. It's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. Yeah. So there are three possible entities that we could run into so far in this room alone. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is that uh, from what I've read, there were not reports of uh, danger, mm. injury, mm-hmm. or attacks, or anything like that. In another location that I'm talking about in Jefferson, there are. Yeah. But that is not the case from what I've read here. It just seems like they are here, mm-hmm. and they are they're just chilling in the same yeah. space. You they know? just happen to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. 
Shall I regale you? I would love to be regaled. I'm going to regale the shit out of you. I have a little bit of history as well. I have a history on the town itself and a little tiny history on the hotel. Okay. Okay. If you'll indulge me, I'm a bit of a history buffoon. And we got, yeah, and we could probably fill in some of that with what we learned today from the wonderful lady who showed us around. Yes, yes, yes. Who who would speak only as to the factual events of the hotel. Which is very Um, respectful. Yes. And I think how the hotel kind of prefers it. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so Jefferson as a town was a booming trading, oh, trade yeah. center. This town, we could look out the window and this was once just crawling with people. And it looks like New Orleans. Yes, yeah. It really does. It's a river town. Well, the, t- the river that it was once on, the larger river it was once on, their main trade, they would trade with New Orleans mm-hmm. and New Orleans would trade back. So mm-hmm. they, this part of town developed a very New Orleans kind of style. Yeah. Um, which lasts to this day. Oh, it's gorgeous. So yes, it was a port town and it was the largest west of the Mississippi. And second in Texas, only to Galveston. Yeah. Which, it's it's a landlocked place. There's yeah. just a river. It was just on so, a massive river. To give you an idea of how large this town was. Every every year, this, this place throws a massive Mardi Gras party, which I think we should come to. We are coming here <laughs> for that. And it's even called the Little Easy. I, I like that. The Little the Easy. The Little Easy. <laughs> so in 1873... The U.S. Army came and they broke down a log jam in the river a, a few miles back that had been there for so long, nobody could even tell you when it started to form. Okay. So we're talking a very long time. The Native Americans actually called it the Great Red River Raft. So it had been there for like Native American memory. Very yeah. long time. So they came and busted it up. So when the log I love jam- how you have Native Americans who are like, no, we'll just leave this here. And then like, yeah. And then you're just like, bash, uh, bash, Yeah, they just come and just blow it up. <laughs> God damn it. Let's poke it. Yeah. Um, so after it was unjammed, this log jam floated on the river and it actually shifted the water levels. And it took this huge river that was the, the lifeblood of this town and it shifted it away from the town. So uh. unfortunately... The, the city of, of Jefferson at this time... Kind of dried up, 18, literally. 1873, literally dried up. Which um, is... It actually leads to the historic buildings that we see here today. Because with nobody... There was no more growth in this town since, since the late 1800s. Nobody was moving in. Nobody was tearing shit down and building new shit up. So all the buildings we have here today are... Very historic. Yeah. They're original to the time, yep. much like this it's hotel. It's like a time capsule. It is absolutely a time capsule. The city is amazing. Okay. Um, the Excelsior House. I love the name. The Excelsior. Excelsior. This was built in the 1850s, and it made its way onto the National Registry of Historic Places. So we're in an official historic place. Uh-huh. Uh, the hotel has been in continuous operation, like you said, since 1858. This was built as a family home. So, mama jamma. Of it was an estate. Yeah, very much so. It was built by a name. Uh, a name. It was built by a man named Captain Perry. Okay. And his name is Captain, so I'm assuming he had something to do with the trade and the riverboats yeah. and, and yeah, things yeah. like that. Uh, he actually started to begin renting out the rooms to merchants and to motorcycles. Motorcycles. Thank you, ma'am. There are purring motorcycles happening right now so don't get scared we are not being haunted just yet you know i love that noise like a good heavy like harley just Mm. like not like a like fucking crotch rocket but a good cruiser bike Mm. soothing to me almost there's a uh, scene in king of the hill where 
I guess Hank and Peggy are having some relationship problems, and to solve it, they get a motorcycle together. Great. That they've always wanted, and they get a Harley. And when they're in bed one night, I guess after they had just purchased it, or they were about to purchase it, it, it's on their mind, they start going, potato, 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 (laughs) potato. And that's all I can think of, potato, 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 potato. (laughs) Um, So as, as the wonderful lady who checked us in told us, Captain Perry began renting out the rooms to... In the, re- the the part of the hotel that we're in, called the historic part, it was lawyers and doctors. Yeah, a bit more, for lack of a better word, highbrow. Highbrow. It's yeah. a little more fancy. It's a little more historic. Uh, as she said, they're just a little fancier. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the other part of the house, which I don't know the name of, it was merchants and yeah. things like that. So eventually, it just became a hotel. Mm-hmm. And it was no longer a family home. And at the time, it was called the Perry House. Uh, most of the antiques in the hotel that we have plenty of pictures of, I mean, there's some in this room right now. That are, and I do want to say, I, in case y'all, I just want y'all to know, we're being, like, mm-hmm. our mics are connected. This is protecting the wood. Like, yeah. we have rubber and everything here to make sure. So, yes, these are connected to the table, but we're making sure nothing's harmed. Mm-hmm. Um, everything has, like, washers on it or, yes. like, rubber to make sure that everything's good. Everything's so, cool. We have not hurt anything. We are not spilling anything. Uh, we're being very, very careful yeah. to preserve. We are because, two uh, bulls in a beautiful china cabinet, and we absolutely. know it. <laughs> we're, we are well aware of that. <laughs> and one thing that this, this place does is, unless it is something that can be easily damaged, like paper from the oils in our fingers yeah. and things. They haven't really put much behind glass yeah. here. Yeah. They allow you to go up and touch and to look, and there's the chandelier that's over 100 years old that... I think they said it's insured for a million dollars. Yes. And it is spectacular. It's the most beautiful thing I've seen in a very long time. And I have a thing for chandeliers, <laughs> yeah. but it's like that one, I mean, it's like my breath caught mm-hmm. when I saw it. Like I was just like... It's huge. And it's like old porcelain painted yeah. scenes of like, oh my God. And that very Victorian style yeah. where if you zoom in to things, everything had a little tiny scene. Oh yeah. A All little the time. slice of life. Minor details. Minor details. It's very beautiful. Um... So anyway, it was at the time it was called the Perry House, and many of the antiques that are here in this room and in the hotel today were from the original uh, Perry House that Captain Perry built and made, and they were his belongings. Mm-hmm. And we're just here touching them, just, <laughs> just touching them, just chilling. Uh, I would love to take that chaise lounge home. Oh my gosh, there's this lounge right here that is stupid. Do you see like the little wheels on the bottom? Those are like antique I little wheels. Cannot explain to you how much I love chaise lounges. They are my one true favorite piece of furniture. I want to lay on them and just put my hand just, like... Uh, just be oh, flabbergasted. Just, I need a drink. I need a mint julep. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Um, after a while, Captain Perry, and I don't have much of the details here, but Captain Perry was murdered. Okay. Presumably in his home. Great. A.K.A. Here. This hotel. Yeah. Maybe this room. Who knows? <laughs> oh, so... There's a little bit of histron for you. I love it. I'm going to roll into Diamond Bessie. I, y'all, this is a hell of a story. And it might probably will piss you off because it's awful. There are parts of it that are hard to listen to. And I do want to put a little bit of a warning out here. As with all of the spooky sodes, there are hard to listen to topics. Yes. Uh, particularly my second topic of three. There's just some hard things to listen to. So if it feels at any point like it's going in a direction that you're not comfortable with... Stop it, fast forward, do whatever you need to do. But these, it's going to get a little dark before it gets happy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
This is the le- not the legend, the story, the very true story of Diamond Bessie, the jewel of Texas. Oh, mama. Bessie Moore was born as Bessie Ann Stone. Okay. In 1854 in New York. It is said that she grew into an astonishing beauty. Oh. There is trains going off in the yeah, background. Yeah, by the way, if you'll hear that. <laughs> this is a trade town and always was. So they did have riverboats. They had traders come through and they had railroads. Yeah. So there's a lot of railroads here to deal with. So as this astonishing beauty, Bessie, she, she received gobs and gobs of attention from men. Mm. She was a little haughty. She's happening. She was a little, she was a little sweet cookie in her day. Oh. Uh, the flattery became something that she craved. Okay. And she soon, at the age of 15, took up prostitution. Okay. Because she really dug men looking at her and Desire that whole thing. Her. Yeah. It was during this time that she met and shacked up with a man uh, with the last name of Moore. The love ended pretty quickly, but she kept his last name. They were I don't think they were ever married, but yeah. she just decided to keep his last name, making her Bessie, Bessie Moore. Moore. During her time as a working girl, she became quite fond of diamond jewelry, as we know about her. And whatever she was, um, whether she was receiving diamonds as gifts from her bows that would come see her, or if that began began to be just like what she charged yeah. for her for her yeah. trade, um, she started to rack up quite the collection okay. of diamonds. She made a, a name for herself in many brothels across. Cincinnati. Okay. New Orleans. Hot Springs, Arkansas. She got around. She got around in more ways than one. Yeah. And it was in Hot Springs, Arkansas in uh, 1875, making her about 21, that she met a man by the name of Abraham Rothschild. Run away. Of the Rothschild. If Rothschilds. Yeah. How do you pluralize that? That's fine. That's how it goes. Um, he turned out to be from a family of great importance, high society types, extremely wealthy. Uh, and he was known to be a little bit of a wild child, a little bit of a black sheep. Yeah. So while his family's up and highfalutin, he's kind of running around and, and, and slumming it, I guess. Yeah, in some but ways. blowing their cash. It, absolutely. Making no qualms about spending all of the cash that he gets from, uh, yeah. from daddy. Bessie and uh, Rothschild had a toxic and abusive relationship. It is said that Rothschild would force Bessie to prostitute herself. Now, at this time, it is not clear if she was still in that line of work or if she had moved on and wasn't doing that anymore, and he kind of put her back into it. However, either way, he saw fit to decide who, where, and when she would work with. Yeah, he kind of became a pimp. He basically was pimping her out. In addition to this, he would uh, require her to give him $50 a day. Which I did the the calculation Fuck in that. You in today's cash, that is over one thousand dollars. I want. I'm mad about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he was a pimp. He was a disgusting pimp. Oh, and it just gets worse. He is the worst person. <laughs> On multiple occasions, Bessie was known for saying that she thought he was trying to get at her jewelry. You know, maybe he would pocket a ring. What a fucking weasel. Yeah. Trying to get money out of his parents, out of her, trying to steal her fucking jewelry. I mean, you're already getting a grand a day. Why are you stealing her fucking diamonds? He's addicted to it, I guess. Goddamn weasel. He's a weasel. A weasel. That's exactly what it is. So, Bessie was wanting to get out of the life that she had been living. She 
must have, despite everything, she must have really loved Rothschild because uh, she had a pretty penny at this point. Yeah. She had her diamonds. She had fine clothes. Wherever they went, people would look at her and look at them together. But she started to put pressure on him to, to marry her, make an honest woman out of her. Yeah. Well, he was kind of like, eh, you're a prostitute. You were a prostitute. So you were literally making her be a prostitute, yeah. you dickhead. And he was like, uh, you know, what, what will my family think, basically? But then Bessie herself turns around and makes a real dick move. And she falsely claims that she's pregnant with his child. Oh, no. And if he didn't marry her, she was going to tell everybody. Oh, no. How, it is toxic. What it's, a toxic it's relationship. It's extremely. They're both dicks. Mm. Him more so, sure. Yeah. But they're both dicks. Yeah, none of that's good. <laughs> So that being said, you know, he could, like, like you said, he could turn her out. He could beat her, but he, but he won't fucking marry he won't her. won't marry her, God forbid. <laughs> so in 1877, finally, they registered as married in Marshall, Texas. Now, this is debated because um, there's no hard evidence. Like, okay. we don't have a marriage certificate. There's not a license or anything. There's not really okay. a license, uh, not that I could find. And um, the, the license that is suspected to be them is under a different name. He gave a false name. Okay. Presumably because he did not want his real last name getting traced back. His parents and, and they would find, find out. out. Yeah. Um, so there was no wedding, just a paper signing, if anything at all. Uh, and two days after the supposed marriage went down, they stepped off a train in Jefferson, Texas. Here we go. Where Motorcycles, we by the way, you guys. Motorcycles. More. Potato, 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 potato. <laughs> Tell me it doesn't sound like that. It does. Oh, oh they're booking it. Go get him, Jax. Jax! So, like I said, Jefferson at this time was popping. Oh, it yeah. is hot. Uh, it is the it's largest... place to be. It is the place to be. Largest river port west of the Mississippi. So think of your stereotypical Old West slash Victorian-esque type, kind of town. Yeah, you're going to have mm-hmm. some uh, You're gonna have some high society fashions. Mm-hmm. You're going to have things like that because it's a port town. So yes. you're going to have things like that that you might not have in a lot of other small little towns. And even compared to all of that... They stepped off looking fresh. Oh, I bet. Yeah. They stepped off looking fly as hell and people took notice. Yeah. In fact, they um, started to notice her af- affinity for diamonds. For, yeah. And this was only in the span of a week and a half or so that they So she's dripping here. with diamonds. She's dripping like. with diamonds. Necklaces, rings, bracelets, diamonds on every part of her body. And she, people start to refer to her as Diamond Bessie. Diamond Bessie. Gossip, you guys. Y'all don't understand. In a southern town today, oh yeah, gossip spreads. Oh yeah. So back then, when you had nothing else to do, like literally, that was the hobby: is you oh, gossiped. You Women got corner. together. You see, diamond bed. and drank mint juleps and gossiped all the time, which all day long is a great time. I mean, come on, <laughs> oh boy. So they, the the couple then checks into a hotel. Which hotel do you think it is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> at this time, I think it is the known Perry as... The Perry House, right? Is it the Perry House still at that I point? I think it is known as the Brooks House. Okay, okay. That's what I could find. And they checked in, again, under a false name. However, it's the same false name as... And the marriage as shit? As the marriage okay. shit. That's why people think that it could very possibly have been them. Okay. It was Abe and Bessie um, something. 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 So they kept their first names. They just... Okay. I guess he, he didn't want his special Rothschild name. Fancy, yeah, he didn't want to sully Out that name. <laughs> Fuck you, Jesus Abe. So she's known as Diamond Bessie. She's getting a little bit of a reputation as a just a rich, fancy lady. They're staying at this very nice hotel at the time, and they're not doing anything. They're not working. They're you know, just chilling. She's, she's chilling, hanging out, gossiping, making friends, or yeah. whatever you do at the time. Footsteps in the hallway. Yeah. Okay. 
So we arrive at January 21st. This is not even a month after the supposed marriage and the moving to Jefferson. Abraham, Abraham packed a picnic for his beloved wife, which your mother talked to the front desk lady and found out that it was fried chicken. Fried chicken. We know what they had. They had yeah. fried chicken. Fried chicken. He packed a picnic of fried chicken and took his wife out for a picnic. They crossed the Cypress the Cypress Bayou Bridge, which is about a mile. It's very beautiful. You pass, you you drive over it coming in, mm. um, and I guess at the time it was probably wooden and very, oh, yeah. you know. You'd stroll across. Oh, it. they took a leisurely. Lish, probably had a parasol, you mm. know, with diamonds all over. Yeah, it's it. encrusted. <laughs> um, but that takes them kind of away from the town. This town, if you could see it, you guys. It's a town center like you would picture, and then after the river, it's just forest. It, yeah, it goes into pines and bayous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cypress trees. So he took her into the bayou to have a, a picnic. A man at this point uh, later went on record named Frank Malloy. He said that he saw the couple strolling out to their picnic at 11 a.m. that day. Okay, so an early lunch. Early lunch. And he noted that Bessie was wearing notably larger rings okay. than she would. These okay. were, we're talking mamma jamma rings. Okay, so she's, she's stunting. She's stunting. And I'm, I can't help but think that maybe he whispered, I'm going to take you on this picnic, baby. Wear your, wear your biggest yeah. jewelry. Let's show everybody what Let's, you've got. Exactly. Oh, what a snake. Frank Malloy was the last person to see Bessie alive. Other than Abraham. Yeah, that big head. <laughs> so around 2 to 3 p.m. Hours Hours later. later. Longer than a Victorian lunch would have been. And those were long. <laughs> Abraham made his way back into town. Strolled across that bridge, coming mm-hmm. back alone. Stating, when asked, that Bessie had decided to stay on the outskirts of town and visit some friends. All those fucking trolls and swamp monsters yes. that live in the bayou. Yeah. Bigfoot. That you She as... went to go talk to old Sasquatch. She was just having her little fried chicken picnic Shared lunch. some chicken with old Bigfoot. And we've been here for 21 days, I think. it was. It, they kind of came in around the 1st okay. of okay. January. So around 21 days. How many friends you made in that time? In the swamp? Yeah. That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean visiting friends in the goddamn and, and swamp? Have is, you ever been to a swamp? If there is somebody living in the swamp, they're certainly not associating with a Rothschild and his A woman, lady. a fucking bougie woman wearing no. diamonds the size of my face. This no. guy, he was not slick. No. So, in fact, this fucking genius. But he didn't fucking have to be. No. No, absolutely. Ugh. And it, it, gets, it gets worse. Abe, as smart as he is he went home stayed the night in the hotel got up went down and ate breakfast by himself people talk people notice oh, he's I'm sure. had a woman with him every day a very notable woman suddenly she's gone and not only is she gone but abraham himself is wearing all of her rings and bracelets on his hands okay now i have a question about that uh-huh why what why not put them in your pocket, dude? Or sell them, but it's like, dude, you look fucking ridiculous. Let's think. You look ridiculous. He is a guy that has gotten everything he's... He's a coveter. Yeah. And he hasn't had to think sly. He hasn't had to think these things through. But men did not do that. That's the thing. Like, men weren't wearing women's jewelry. Now, I don't you know. This know. was a time of very strict gender roles. Right. You know? Like, what are you doing wearing all of her feminine jewelry... 
And I want to think, I, I mean, that, you know, maybe it was more of a masculine, like maybe she had bought him bands and maybe he was wearing all of those, or maybe he was wearing her necklaces wrapped around her, his wrists as bracelets. E- either way. It's not, it's not normal. People take fucking notice. Yeah. And they did. They took notice. Uh, so after he had this leisurely breakfast wearing her fucking tons and t- diamonds out the butthole, he was seen throwing her luggage along with his onto a train but no Bessie her luggage but not her onto a train to Cincinnati and he fucks off to Cincinnati where his family is uh, I think from after he screws off to Cincinnati it was about two weeks after that day that Bessie's body was found shot in the back of the head that's the that makes it worse the back of you know head. it's like if you're going to do something <laughs> like this look me in the fucking face yeah. no couldn't you know, you goddamn coward. Couldn't even like do that. it just couldn't mm. even do that. She was found along the Marshall Road, which I believe the name has changed. We'll have to go see if we can find it. The trimmings of a picnic scattered around her, wearing no jewelry. I want to punch a hole in the wall. How the audacity! It just—it's—it's it's, absolutely—it's—it's it's vile. The audacity! It's vile. So all the while, this is being um, discovered and investigated, although I don't think much of an investigation had to go down for them to kind of put together what happened. Mm. Uh, what took a long time was the raising of money, and I'll, I'll, get, yeah. I'll get to that. The law, understand, moved slow back then. Today, you find a body, you get a suspect, you get them in a couple of days. Yeah. Back then, uh, Abe is chilling out in Cincinnati. Yeah, they don't even know where he is. A couple of weeks. Yeah. He's there. He's apparently... Uh, uh, Eyewitnesses says that he's turned into a wretch over the span of a couple of weeks. I okay. mean, he was already a wretch, but he's turned into a real bum. So, like, he might not be handling what he did well. Yeah. Yeah. He had started to become just stinking drunk at all hours of the day. He would talk about being followed all mm. the time mm. and was feeling very paranoid, and he thought people were looking at him uh-huh. because he probably knew they are coming to get me. Well, yeah, I mean, if you walk around wearing your dead wife's gaudy jewelry yeah. you dumb dickhead what do you think and i guess maybe he was like if i put a fake name in they won't be able to find me it was so easy to get I, away with shit I, back I, then oh god jesus um he just became this drunken paranoid mess he even attempted to shoot himself at one point however he only managed to shoot out his right eye great should have shot himself in the back of the, the head back that of works. the head yeah he seemed to have perfect aim when <sighs> it was the back of a Okay, so anyway, the people of Jefferson, they actually were so pissed off about this story because word is starting to travel. It's starting to get printed in newspapers. Some of the papers are down here in this hotel. Yeah, they're very interesting. um, Saying, body found, mysterious Diamond Bessie showed up, and then she was found dead. Where's the man she was with? Uh, Pictures of him, I guess. It's starting to spread. The people of Jefferson hated him so much that they raised enough money they themselves, not the state, no. raised money for Sheriff John Vines to go up to Cincinnati and make the arrest. Yeah, extradite him back. And uh, it was actually Abe's stay in the hospital after he attempted to shoot himself and only took out one eye uh, that he, I guess, couldn't run, made him easier to be okay. found. Okay, okay, yeah. Eventually, he was arrested by Sheriff Vines for the murder of Diamond Bessie Moore. Here's where it gets... Worse. Interesting and worse. Yeah. So he brings him back... Carts his ass back down to Jefferson. Remember that Abe had a really well-to-do family. Mm-hmm. 
And now that his real name and identity is out there with pictures and, and there's even pictures of Bessie postmortem that people are seeing and they're horrified. And how could he do this to the back of her head? Mm. All of this shit is starting to come out. Um, and also the fact that she was a, a known prostitute. Yeah. And that comes into play later. The case became front page news. Again, down in the lobby, newspapers and newspapers. Yeah, there's some great historical documentation. This was hot. It, it was actually it was a scandal it was is a what it is. I've seen it compared in a lot of places as the OJ trials or the Menendez brothers of its time. And you'll see why. Um, because it, it, this was world stopping. Yeah. This was being printed nationally. Huge. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, just like how everybody was tuned in watching the white Bronco, mm-hmm. same thing. Everybody was watching. They this. were hanging, but mm-hmm. they were just hanging on every word they could get hanging out on newspaper stands. They would cause a frenzy to grab these newspapers and see the, the latest news yeah. because this well-to-do family, that would be like, um, a very famous family, something horrible yeah, yeah. happening. And we're all just like, Oh shit. Yeah. This was actually the first wide scale murder case in Texas. Mm. Not the last, unfortunately. No. But it was the first. Mm -hmm. Abe's family was much more keen to defend their family name than their son. Yeah, they could probably give two shits about him. But in either case, they put together a banging defense team, much like the other two cases that we talked about. It's on record that Abe had more than 10 hugely successful, hugely expensive lawyers. Mm -hmm. The first thing the team wanted to do was move the trial out of Jefferson. Yeah. He was... So truly hated here, they were like, well, it's a tainted jury and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they moved They moved it. They moved it less than 20 miles away. To Marshall. To Marshall. Yeah. Abe was actually convicted the first time. And he was still so hated um, that the juror, the, who's the, the foreman of yeah. the jury, yeah. he stood up at one point during the trial, drew a, a noose on the wall, and said, there's my vote. Which seems if only. like... Not something that you can get away with. I feel like with. that could get you dismissed from the jury. <laughs> yeah. But I get but his, I get it. I understand. This was 100 years ago, more or less. Uh, you know, I mean, and I, I, he's not wrong. No. Fuck that guy. So the conviction was actually overturned on appeal. I'm guessing they're going to use shit like that yeah. to, to do that. It's a mistrial. Um, so things like Abe's family name and his wealth played into the overturning, obviously. Of course. As well as the fact that Bessie was a prostitute. <sighs> I guess and that, that automatically makes you worthless. You're yeah, not worth it, it defending. Makes her, it makes her more murderable Ugh, in the eyes of, of... I mean, I, people were still outraged, but then it came out like, well, like, she, well, was, she a was a prostitute. Of course she got murdered. She asked for it. Yeah, exactly. That's, it, that's what it was. It was yeah. the she asked for it of God her day. damn it. People were outraged, especially people in towns like this where it was a little bit more forward thinking. Yeah, people yeah. were a little more, maybe more educated or at least more ex- exposed worldly. to the worldly. And, yeah. you know, um, people were fucking pissed off and they felt let down by the system. Something that has not changed. It has not changed. Well, yet again, another very wealthy family taking advantage mm-hmm. of the system and winning. And that you can just get away with murdering Murder. a person if you have a family name and a little bit of money. Yeah. Uh, Abe went to trial for a second time. They managed to get him down for a second time in December of 1880. We are hearing some bangs and footsteps out in the hallway, so that's what that is. Uh, His skilled lawyers were able to once again put the prosecution to shame. The second trial, they put them to shame. Mm. They really did. They went above and beyond. They were like, well, we'll win the case, but let's rub it in their faces. They really got after it. Abe was acquitted. Uh, Let me just refer. He was acquitted. Let's just pause on that. Yeah. He was acquitted. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, 
everybody knows. knows he shot his wife in, in the, the back, back of the, of the head, head, stole her jewelry in front of everyone. And he was acquitted. And he was acquitted. And it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. And apparently him, his family, and the lawyers and things were pretty fucking smarmy about it. Yeah. As the way these things tend to Do you to have in there about the jurors? Hmm. He, so when mom was talking to the concierge today, mm-hmm. she said that he and his family paid each one of the Jew- Jews. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was back then money mm-hmm. or I assume in today's money, mm-hmm. each of them were bribed with a thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. To, to basically throw the decision. And I mean, you think you've got 10 lawyers that are more than, than anyone could ever even think about paying at this time mm-hmm. for one of them. Mm-hmm. You've got money, bribing the jewelry. There, there's no way that you're not getting away with this at this point. Yeah. And he knew it. He fucking knew it. Uh, anyway, people were still pissed off because they saw what was going on. Yes. People are smart, you know, and they, they figure it out. Um, and the papers started saying things like this, and I really love these quotes. One said, certainly all that is required to ha- save a red-handed murderer from the gallows are two or three active friends and sufficient money. It's true. And I thought that was pretty scathing. Very true. Uh, and the other one said, one of the vilest and meanest murders ever perper- ever perpetrated goes unpunished through the inefficiency of the legal system. Very true. Rothschild moved back north, apparently back to Cincinnati, and was never really heard from again. Yeah. He got to move back. He got to go back to his family. He got to presumably get married and, and have a happened. life. And nothing happened to him. Um, mm. While Bessie... Is dead. Is dead. But there's a little bit of justice in this. Because he yeah. kind of faded. And he's remembered as this horrible fucking Just an person. absolutely... Just a fucking cock. <sighs> While in the meantime, Bessie has cemented herself as a local legend. Yeah. And I mean, it's not for a great thing. But um, it's also said that maybe she has not moved on and is maybe a little fucking salty. I wonder why. (laughs) Diamond Bessie's spirit is believed to still roam Jefferson, particularly the Excelsior House Hotel, where she has been seen wandering the hallways Staying in the room dedicated to her, which yep. may we say, yeah, a member of our party here today, yep, actually rented out that room for themselves, mm-hmm. and it's Macy's mother, yep, and her father, and they are staying in this They're room, chilling. So we uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see if anything happens. She is known to slap women across the face. Mom will not like that. <laughs> mom, well, you know, here's the thing. I feel like if Diamond Bessie were to meet my mom, she'd be like, "You can stay." And here's the thing it's about that. It's that raw, like, fuck you energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that big cat energy. I feel like she'd be like, all right. All right. Well, see, the thing is, it's said that she targets women in, I don't want to say violent ways, because again, this is not evil, but it's a little, get out of my know, fucking room. Little bitch. Yeah. Kind of thing. She, because she, she feels that, especially if the woman is there with a the man, why isn't that man looking at me? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Why Why am I not? Jealous. A She's a little oh, jealous. A little petty. She's also been known to climb into bed with men. Oh, baby. So we're going to put our men on high alert for any ghostly flirtations. Uh, yanking covers off of you at night has been attributed to her, although there are other entities yeah. in the hotel that may, that is said they may do that. And my favorite one, she tries to pry diamond rings off of sleeping hotel guests. And I'm wearing mine today. I have an aquamarine, so... She might, hey, she still might fucking go for it. Maybe. Dude. I mean, but I hope she picks yours. 
I am. Um, I'm gonna be feeling for some little tugs some little, and yeah. see what happens. I actually saw a picture online, and this could have easily been faked, but suspend your disbelief for a little bit. I saw a review photo of the Diamond Bessie Suite actually, and um, back when it had, I guess, two beds or maybe they oh, were okay. sharing a bed. I don't know, but a woman took a picture of her mother, who in her sleep, like her hand was like doing kind of being pulled on. Yeah. And um, I was just like, yeah, bitch. Um, <laughs> anyway, so tonight we do have uh, all of our women on high alert for diamond pulling. Yeah. Our men are... I'd say I'd sleep with it on the table, but I feel like it might disappear. Yeah, like, I don't want to fucking lose away. ring. I have heard that there's an entity in this hotel um, that will, if you leave money, a couple of dollars oh, out okay. on tables, that she might swipe it. So we'll put out some cash money. Put some money. See what happens. leaving cookies for Santa. Like $2. <laughs> You know, my dad also said, maybe that's just the hotel staff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you put money out, it'll go away. All you got to do is start a legend and then everybody just leaves money, leave money out. They're lovely people. I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. And then we will probably be even trying to speak with Bessie later tonight. Yeah, sure. So that is the story. Very true. Yeah. Of Diamond Bessie. Do you want to say, uh, so we were told today, again, by the... Uh, she's so adorable, yeah. the lovely concierge. She, I wish we had her name. I know, she was great. And she said, so I believe it was in the 60s, there was, uh, and we'll put the, we got to get the name. Oh I, my God, oh my God. Yeah, it keeps going. Yes. But this is the redemption to the story. And it's like a garden league. It was a group of women. We learned this today, oh, actually. Y'all. So yeah. It's great. Mm. And so the, the hotel was still in operation. However, this was in the 60s by this point. And I believe it was 12 women at this point in this league who hotel had gotten a little trashy yeah yeah and they were really bothered by what happened to bessie and so with their brooms and fucking mops and some goddamn grit they came and renovated this hotel in her honor and it looks the way that it does now yeah to basically try to right some sort of wrong Mm -hmm. to what happened to her and they are very open about the history Mm -hmm. and what a bastard man abe Mm -hmm. was and fuck you abe fuck you Um, abe (laughs) i'm so brash and bold because i know he didn't die here but um (laughs) Uh, and and really putting her story out there and portraying her with a lot of class and a lot of respect. Yep. yep. Uh, which is very nice. There's also this badass picture that we've got to put up. She's mugging of um oh of her and then also the women stomping. Oh yeah, and they're they're like walking with brooms and mops. And they're shit. stomping in. It. I have chills it's talking powerful. about it. It's just like finally at but, least, and it takes took a group of women to try to right the wrong. Yeah. You know, and I feel like you know you can't fix that, mm-hmm. but it was. It's something. you can do something, and yeah. they did something. They did something, and it's actually the same group of women who still—it's the same organization, organization uh, yeah. that owns the hotel hotel today. It's very interesting. Yes, ma'am. Thank what? you for that. Yes, I was—I was enthralled, and and on the trip up here, I was talking to anyone who would listen who would listen about this. It's just a what, and see, that's what's so interesting about history is that in every corner there's a story, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's so easy to think that history can be mundane, you know, only the big events we were taught in yeah. school is all that matters, yeah. Every little town has stories, yeah. you know, and it's like, this is a testament to that. And we've talked about, you know, if you zoom in through history and you say, oh, well, the Old West, zoom in to Jefferson. You're like, oh, this is an interesting town. Zoom in even further. You get to the hotel. You get all the stories. Oh, yeah. Zoom in even further. You get Diamond fucking Bessie. Yeah. And that's just this hotel. Very interesting. There's a hotel across the street. There's a hotel over there. Oh, they're I everywhere. Mean, they're everywhere. I got one for you. Well, I don't actually know. I got to be real with you. I don't know if this is actually a place you can stay at anymore, mm. if it's like a historical marker. Okay. I know they do tours. Oh. So I'm going to be talking to you about the Grove House in Jefferson. Ah! Ah! There okay. is 
some heavy shit that goes on okay. at this place. It is allegedly one of the most haunted homes in Texas mm. and has over 100 years of documented activity. Mm. Yeah. So if the documentation itself is 100 the years. The house is fucking old. Whoa. Yeah. And so basically my whole, this, I'm just going to be throwing you. <laughs> you a said whole, my hole. <laughs> my hole is, uh, is frightening. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, basically just happenings. Mm. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of history for you. Some mm. of it's peppered in, but I just kind of wanted to get into what goes on at this yes. place. So when the Grove family owned the property, Miss Grove reportedly brought a Bible to bed with the intention of praying for her and her husband, but she fell asleep. She awakened to a black swirling mass engulfing the bedroom. There were unexplained voices, disembodied footsteps, sounds of objects being moved by unseen hands and apparitions. Mm. So this place is unlike here yeah. you know to where it, this place is kind of fucky there's dark shit um mrs grove eventually became really frightened of the spirits yeah. because she would regularly see shadow people in the garden wandering around and hanging out so she put security lights and then when they turn on they vanish yeah mm. uh this was funny to me so sudden odors appear in rooms such as perfume or body odor as if someone hasn't bathed in a while um, what ghost is that? I know. just perpetually stinky. Just stinky. Uh, when Patrick Hopkins, the former owner, was getting a restaurant ready to open, a lady dressed in white walked down the hallway into the ladies' powder room and never came out. I'll talk about her in a little bit. Motorcycles. Uh, yeah, motorcycles. Thank you. So, heavy mirrors have fallen off the wall without explanation and landed without breaking mm. or crushing the objects beneath them. Mm. During the restaurant years, a waitress walked out of the kitchen into the hallway and was attacked by a black and white dog that knocked her to the ground. After quickly regaining her composure, she ran into the kitchen screaming for help, and they searched the building and yard, and there was no dog to be found. Ghost dog. That one very easily could just be a goddamn dog. Don't buy that one. I'd, I'm, I'm indifferent. <laughs> so during a candlelight tour... Yeah, Ex ma'am. Excuse me? I know. The fuck did you just say? I know. So a couple visiting from Dallas took a picture of the Christmas lights on the neighbor's house to the east of the grove. Uh, their photos showed the Christmas lights in the foreground. In the background was a lady in a high-collared, puff-sleeved white dress mm. surrounded by a ring of smoke. I'll need to see if I can find that picture. Did you say a high-collar? High-collared. Yeah. Uh, while rehearsing a dinner theater, everything cool happens, man. A light technician was on the front porch looking through the window. Suddenly, she felt someone staring at her, so she quickly glanced to the right. Standing to the east side of the house by the porch was a lady in white who began walking behind the east side of the house. Chasing the eerie-looking woman, the girl turned the corner of the house, and the woman had vanished. Ironically, at one time, there was a door on the side of the house leading to the blue room. So this woman, she has a big presence at this place, and okay. you'll, you'll kind of get an understanding uh, of who people think that she is. Oh. So on the same rehearsal night, the actress portraying the heroine came down the stairs. When she reached the bottom step, she glanced to her right and saw a person in a costume she was not familiar with standing in the corner. When she began to ask the lady something, the woman vanished. Can you imagine? I know. Like when you talk to them, they just vanish. I know it makes my eyes water. Um, plus it's kind of rude. <laughs> it's exceptionally rude. Bye, bitch. I'm not answering you. Um, wet, this one's kind of creeps me out. So wet footprints have appeared in the middle of the hallway, mm. even though there's no rain or plumbing leaks and drops of water have been found on the staircase and on one particular mirror in the house when the atmosphere was dry. Gross. Really? Um, a neighbor 
a neighbor lady, a neighbor lady told a former owner, let me tell you what my sister and I have seen recently. My sister was standing on her porch one night around nine o'clock when she called to see, she called me to see a glowing white figure across the street. She looked like she was inspecting the renovation of an old building. The figure came from the east side of the grove. She and her sister had witnessed this several nights in a row. The white figure is believed to be the original owner of the property, Minerva Fox Stilly. So what seems now kind of like a strange path for her to take around the property actually makes sense when you consider how the building used to be. Okay. I love it when things like that. Yes. It's kind of like stone tape yeah. theory, you know, because she's often seen walking behind the house and then stepping through a wall to the house. Uh, on the inside, she emerges from the wall and then walks across the width of the house. This strange path makes more sense when you consider the wall that uh, she steps up through was once the back porch to the house before the 1870 addition was made. Mm. Instead of stepping th up through the wall, she was instead likely stepping into the back porch, coming through the door that was to the back of the house, walking to what would have been the children's bedroom. So she's just doing she's her just nightly going, path, yeah. you know. A renter lived in the garden college at one time, and he looked out the window to see a little girl playing among the flowers. And when he went outside, she looked at him and disappeared. They like to do that they, here. They're very, they seem conscious. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, a shadow figure has been seen in the garden many times. Fuck that fuck Striding him. quickly or just hanging. I don't know which one's worse. Oh, sorry, not literally hanging, just hanging out. No, so, no, 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 no. Um, I did that's just... <laughs> worse. Um, lights go on and off in the house, and chandeliers have been reported to sway, even with the absence of motion. Oh. Uh, legend has it that the property lies in an area where several murders occurred, and several unmarked graves reportedly lie under or near the house. Oh, shit. Hopkins's niece and her friends recall seeing a black man lying in the street as they went and they went to see if he needed help and he supposedly disappeared. Mm. This man could likely have been a man from uh, the stockade case, which I'm not familiar with, or another man that was rumored to have been hanged on the back porch of the house. I'm not going to go into that. Y'all understand what for. I mean, or what likely there's, happened there's there. There's implications there. Um, so that's Shit. the, uh, that's the Grove house. And that's also in Jefferson, Texas. So that's that. A lot of shit going on at that A lot place. of shit going on. A lot of things that seem like they know what's going on. Yeah, there's some conscious activity. To look at somebody. And then vanish. And then be like, bye. Yeah. And especially if somebody's a full apparition. Yeah. And then somebody asks you a question, you're just, just like, like, nope. Mm, fuck off. <laughs> I respect it. If I I'm too. ever a ghost, it's that like, will be my eh, amount. Not today. Just, oh my gosh. I don't want to be dramatic. But if we're being open and honest about experiences, did you feel anything weird when you were telling that story? No. And I've, I don't mean emotionally. I've actually felt very comfortable. I physically felt, I don't know how to say this without, it felt like someone was walking next to me. Okay. I felt a bend in the wood, if that makes, you know, okay. if, like if I were to walk yeah, next gotcha. to you, your, your chair, you would feel it through yeah. the chair. I felt something like that happen. Okay. So there's that. It's on the record. <laughs> um. And we are second floor, and sometimes second floors do have a bit of a... Yeah. That will happen. Well, and we are on old, wobbly floors, yeah. too. So there's a little bit, but I just want you know... Worth noting. Worth noting. God, I hope so. I'm going to be telling a story that is a, is a little rough. Yeah. Um, and this is largely not paranormal. It is spooky as hell. Mm. Um, spooky in a lot of ways. But mostly it is one of those darkness of human nature yeah. kind of things. Which often are the most scary. Um, also, just the times. 
how times have changed and 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 things that we would n- not even comprehend people doing were completely commonplace back yeah. then and, and i'll get into it so this is the story of the living dead girl of jefferson texas the living dead girl mm. so there was once a girl and there's not a lot of um there, there's a lot of wild speculation and there's a lot of wild stories so i'm trying to stick to what i found was a very um common thread through these stories and what seemed I hate to say real, yeah. but what seemed real. I stuck a lot less to the metaphysical stuff and what actually seemed to be this girl's okay. life. Okay. So here we go. There was once a girl in this very town of nine years old named Sadie May. That's cute. And this is the early 1900s. Okay. One day, uh, as she was playing outside, she wandered a little too close to a nearby wagon. Mm. This wagon happened to tip and fall onto Sadie, crushing her head in the process. Not enough to kill her, mm. but harming her very Render severely. her vegetative? Sort of. Mm. Uh, it also deadened one of her eyes. Now, I, I, couldn't see, I couldn't see if this was completely an eye gone. Probably milky. Or just kind of, yeah, yeah it seems to be that. There seemed to be something there something, yeah. uh, afterwards. So she lay alive, but barely, underneath this wagon that had tipped on her uh, for four hours Mm. while they worked on freeing her. Once they got her unpinned, she was comatose for an unknown period of time. And it looks to be like maybe no more than a year. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. When she did awake, she was never the same. She could walk, but she could not talk. Yeah. Uh, And she wouldn't even acknowledge those who spoke to her. So it was some brain damage. Yes, absolutely. And she didn't seem to have any kind of recognition of anything going on. She would just kind of stroll. Almost lobotomized. Exactly. Yeah. She wouldn't stop. And sometimes when people don't speak and and have various conditions, they will stop and they will note. You'll see them looking at art. She was in a fog, it sounds like, all the time. Gone. That's terrible. She began to grow very pale and very thin. Uh, Her parents would chain her to the porch because she would wander away well this was um for several reasons this was an attempt to expose her to sunlight because her complexion had grown so sickly uh the author of one of the sources that i uh researched a lot of this on said had this to say and i think it's important to note they said of course this is the late 1800s or early 1900s and no one thought twice about such a thing okay. especially if the person was mentally incompetent oh yeah people i mean we talked about it with fucking uh danvers mm-hmm. i mean they were just handled like they didn't know what to do just they just didn't they had no idea what to do garbage uh especially if the person was mentally incompetent and the family poor yeah which they were they were um and I, i'm I'm thinking her her mother. There were other children in the home. Yeah, she had to tend to she other children. She had to children. tend to the other. Yeah, she had to the a porch. house to. So yeah. they they put her and um, sometimes I saw it referred to as a leash. I don't think it was ever like around a, the neck. Yeah, but it was a, a, tether. a tether. Okay, we came to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a tether that kept her, and um, they were trying. They were trying to get her in the sun, and they were trying to have her not wander away. Yeah. Uh, she would also be taken into town sometimes by her mother who asked everyone who looked at her to take pity and to help. Okay. So she's basically, in, in a way that we might today see as parading her through the streets. Yeah, for some charity. For some charity. But 
it, everything I saw, it seemed that her family's heart was in the right place. Okay. It's just the time. They didn't know what they okay. were doing. And they didn't know what was wrong with her. So she would take her into town. They'd, she'd just say, please, please. What can I what, help? Yeah. What is wrong with my child? What do I do? You know, that kind of thing. So that, that, all that to say, everyone in town knew this little girl. They saw her face regularly. Um, they saw her outside tethered to the porch. They knew her face. They knew who she was. So there are stories that get a little darker um, to show that Sadie began to take a violent turn towards almost becoming feral in nature. Oh. So it kind of turned from a vacant, expressive thing to just there would be fits of, of rage and, rage and anger. Okay. Not really necessarily like you would look at her. She, you know, she'd look at you and she'd come after you. It just seemed if she touched something. It just came over her. It would just okay. do. That being said, uh, her father once brought her a puppy, hoping to elicit some sort of reaction or jog her brain in some way. Not going into it, you can guess kind of where yeah. this is going, but the puppy was found with bite marks covering its body. So it's a very specific um, biting thing that she would do. She would chomp and bite and snarl. One day, Sadie was on the porch on her tether, and her mother was inside tending to the home and the other children. Sadie managed to slip free from her leash and wandered away, just walked off. And her absence was not noticed until it was too late. She was gone for probably a couple of hours before anybody noticed. Uh, Her parents started a frantic search for, for Sadie May, uh, knocking on every neighbor's door, searching high and low all over this town. I mean, this happens on the streets outside yeah, of our yeah, window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and tried to find, they even uh, sent search parties out into these woods, out into like the swamp area, uh, looking to find her, but she could not be found. Days after her disapp- uh, disappearance, many eyewitnesses reported that at exactly noon, And it's those kind of details Mm -hmm. that make me go, really? Mm -hmm. But if it's true, it's very creepy. At exactly noon, Sadie Mae appeared again in the town. And she walked slowly, covered in blood, into the middle of Jefferson Street. She walked in a disjointed manner. Oh, it's my least favorite. Her face wild, her eyes empty, with one dead and blood-filled eye. So again, these people knew what she looked like. She had a very characteristic yeah. thing on her face that people could point yeah. her out yeah. by. They knew it was her. They knew it was her. As people would get close to her, because they knew she was missing, this is a few days after her disappearance, she would hiss and, and kind of thrash, seeming more to act on sound. And mm. if someone would touch her, she would like kind of... animalistic instinct. Exactly. Yeah. She wasn't observing it, but she knew somehow. And she would hiss and thrash and kind of scratch at people. Um, so she, people gave her a wide berth, but they were watching her. And she appeared to be making her way back to her home. So I guess they just kind of let her be because... Well, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? You can't get close to her. But she never made it home. I, I'm assuming um, maybe her mom went out into town later to find her. And they were like, did, you, did she not come home? You know, And to be the parents, to hear this, mm. like you saw her, she was back. Yeah. And to understand that nobody could really do anything about it, this strengthened their resolve. Um, so they know she's around. They know she's around. Drawings and sketches of Sadie covered this town. How old is she at this point? Well, she was nine when this happened yeah. to her in a coma for, I don't know, let's say a year. So she might be 11 or 10. Yeah. Okay. Early kind Still of a young girl. Yeah. 
you, you couldn't look somewhere without seeing a picture, a missing right. wanted poster sure. of this child. Church meetings were held. The highest members of society in, in this town were invested in finding this child. I mean, like mayors and the highest, you know, priests and stuff would get together and try to put together search parties and stuff like that. And for 10 years and six months, they never lost hope, especially the family. 10 years. 10 years and six months. Wow. Even leaving, uh, the family even left Jefferson after some years to take their search statewide. Okay. One day in August, a traveling show made its way through Jefferson. No fucking way. Mm -hmm. They had all manner of spectacle and circus acts, including the living dead girl. A real, she was marketed as a real authentic zombie child. Jesus. And think, when you get close to her, what does she do? She scratches yeah, and bites. Yeah. So she would be about 22 Probably. this time. She was a okay. young woman at yeah. this time. Yeah. And in a cage that they brought through the town, oh my God. there was a rail-thin, savage young woman with one blood-filled dead eye. Did they just abduct her before she got home? I don't know. They found, I guess they found this girl in some circus. Circus, had they had a, a way of taking people who had been cast out yeah who didn't have any other options yeah. or anything but she didn't have any sort of consent exactly you know i mean that's uh, it what wasn't makes a, that one gross wasn't a happy thing that yeah. happened for sure so she chomped and lashed at people who came close they would tap on her you know if anybody oh. kind of tapped on her bars or anything uh and soon they started to recognize her as sadie mm. sadie had returned although the town collectively recognized this poor soul as sadie may no one stepped forward to claim her oh. The sheriff, the mayor, all the townsfolk knew it was her, and they shyly let her leave with the act, never speaking on it. Most people. And her family, I guess, was looking for her They elsewhere. were out looking for her. So there oh. are theories as to why this happened. A, no one wanted to take charge of her. What do you do? Yeah, yeah I mean, what do you do? Because then you then it's like, what? Okay, she's, she's my responsibility. She's for a decade, yeah. probably. This town is becoming destitute. It's, yeah. People are leaving. Um, there, it's no longer this big booming port town. People are becoming poor. How are you going to have another mouth to feed? Yeah. Uh, also there was fear. Yeah. Yeah. And there was probably a, uh, she's better off there attitude. Yeah. yeah. Especially at this time before we knew the horrible conditions she was probably kept in. Mm -hmm. Um, and the town made this almost silent pact with each other. Like we're not going to, we're not going to say anything. Ugh. So, uh, Sadie's family is said to have died looking for her. Tragically broken apart, like sisters and brothers and family yeah. members are all over. You know, you go to this town, I'll go to yeah, this town. Yeah, we'll, we'll go find her. Um, until they all died. And in various parts of Texas, some even say down in New Mexico okay. um, and further up north. To this day, it is said that the locals of Jefferson who know the story, longtime Jefferson City residents will not speak very much on it. It, oh, it is, it's just a stain. It it's the town's like. great shame. Yeah. It's a stain. You know? Um, especially if you are a descendant of one of these people, because as people did, they didn't talk about it in the time. I have to imagine we as humans have this thing that we do when we start to get older and near death, where you we start to confess. to confess. Yeah. Um, so that's why we have the recountings of these and these stories have lined up across people and you have to kind of pick and choose their storylines up and their storylines up and this that and the other so we have this tale that's been passed down that's awful it is believed that shortly after the traveling show departure uh, departed from jefferson that sadie made an escape okay because 
people claimed for a lot many many years to see her on the outskirts of town she kind of became like, like a wild woman yes okay um maybe who knows she escaped and then she knew that this is where her home was that's but kind she of didn't fucking really... terrifying exactly yeah and you would just be going along your business and you'd see sadie may kind of standing in the i line. would shit literally have a stroke <laughs> um oh as it is noted uh many who saw her shunned her because, again, it's the town's great shame. We're yeah. not talking about it. We can't it. acknowledge it. Nobody's taking it oh, on. it just gets worse. It's just that you dig yourself in a bigger hole. People actually started the rumor that she was just a ghost. Great. She's not a living human person. And she's, she's oh, that's her spirit that we're seeing. Great. Which I guess somehow washes you of guilt. Sure. Those who did see her and would speak on it, especially later in life, said that she would often stand on the edge of town staring at you. Or through you, more likely. Okay. You'd hear sounds just kind of yeah. turning Empty her head. Empty-eyed. Um, her one pale, bloody eye kind of fixed on something unknown. There's also tales of Sadie uh, being, again, more violent. Yeah. Especially the older she got. Uh, and she might attack passing people, uh, especially small and young children, sometimes mm. the small elderly. It wasn't too long before missing animals and even... Uh, and even a couple of newborn babies oh, no. disappeared that people started dependent on Sadie Mae. So she's sitting there not doing much. They don't give a shit about her, but now, now she's taking, now babies. she's a problem. Yeah. After this, Sadie Mae was never seen again after the Sounds reports. Like they took care of it. Sounds like they took care of it. Yeah. It wasn't until years later that reports of an actual apparition started to, to be seen one bright green eye, one kind of blood-filled and hollow, mm-hmm. standing on the edge of town. Uh, and if this had happened to you, if this was your life, if you were locked in, who knew what she was actually experiencing, I... if anything? So she is oh. now a something that people will see in the tree lines sometimes. Sometimes you'll just get a catch of a emerald green eye kind That's of poking out at you. Atrocious. But the main story there is the how truth. in the fuck. Do you get to that point? That's awful. That's awful. Yeah. And it just, it's just a story of humans digging themselves in a deeper fucking hole. Going deeper and deeper. And then until, I'm guessing there was probably a little mob put together, outraged about some missing babies or and they went and whatever. And then she was never seen again. Oh, God, dude. That's the living dead girl. That's atrocious. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna chart along here. I got a long tail for you. Oh yes, buckle up. Okay. And I'm interested to talk about this. So first, let's talk about a dibic. What is a dibic? I totally forgot that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Okay, yes. Strap in. What's a dibic? Dibic. It's a possessive spirit. Mm. And uh, Jewish folklore, from what I could saw, like a, a lot of like a like Kabbalah mm-hmm. type practices, writings, things like that. That clings to the spirit of a person. Oh. Um, in order to be removed, it typically needs to be exercised. Um, and oftentimes when being removed, it is placed into something. Now, it's important to note that a Dybbuk, while that has been written around for a very, very long time, a Dybbuk box didn't really come into existence mm. until this eBay listing. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. Well, the term Dybbuk box. Mm-hmm. Like, there's writings of people, uh, like catch like putting them in a flask or something like that you know um it's believed that their goal is to take over or drive their host mad 
as if and you know they feed on the energy of it kind of like an attachment entity and some lore removing the oh okay yeah and removing the spirits means drawing them out Mm -hmm. So the Dybbuk box came on the scene when Kevin Manis first posted on eBay in 2003, which I've also seen, yeah, it's 2003, looking to sell a troublesome old wine cabinet. This starts a really unnerving story, and many different facets can be looked at skeptically. Hmm. However, the story's still unfolding today, and no matter what, it captures people's attention. Uh, this is ongoing? This is ongoing. Oh, amazing. Oh, dude. As of last year, and it is pure absurdity, and I cannot wait to get to that. Okay. So let's read the listing as follows. Mm. This is quite long, but it's full of very freaky information. This is the, the actual Kevin eBay Kevin Manis posted oh, this boy. on eBay. Hit me with September it. September uh, in 2003. So... All of the events that I'm about to set forth in this listing are accurate and may be verified by the winning bidder with the copies of the hospital records and sworn affidavits that I am included as part of the sale of this cabinet. Excuse me? Wait. During September of 2001, I attended an estate sale in Portland, Oregon. The items liquidated at the sale were from the estate of a woman who had passed away at the age of 103. A granddaughter of the woman told me that her grandmother had been born in Poland, where she grew up, married, raised a family, and lived until she was sent to a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. She was the only member of her family who survived the camp. Her parents, brothers, sisters, husband, and two sons and a daughter were all killed. She survived the camp by escaping with some other prisoners and somehow making her way to Spain, where she lived until the end of the war. I was told that she acquired the small wine cabinet listed here in Spain, and it was the only one of three items that she brought with her when she immigrated to the United States. The other two items were a steamer trunk and a sewing box. I purchased the wine cabinet along with a sewing box and some other woman's furniture, uh, and some other furniture at the estate sale. Some other woman's Some furniture. other woman's. Um, after the sale, I was approached by the woman's granddaughter who said, I see you got the Dybbuk box. She was referring to the wine cabinet. I asked her what a Dybbuk box was, and she told me that when she was growing up, her grandmother always kept the wine cabinet in the sewing room. It was always shut and set in a place that was out of reach. Mm. The grandmother always called it the Dybbuk box. When the girl asked her grandmother what was inside, her grandmother spit three times through her fingers and said, a Dybbuk and Kesselim. The grandmother went on to tell the girl that the wine cabinet was never, ever to be opened. Mm. The granddaughter told me that her grandmother asked for the box to be buried with her. However, such a request was contrary to the Orthodox Jewish rules of burial, uh, and the grandmother's request had not been honored. I asked the granddaughter what a dibbuk and a keslam were, but she did not know. I asked if she would like to open it with me, and she did not want to open it as her grandmother had been very emphatic and serious when she instructed her not to do so, and regardless of the reason she wanted to honor her grandmother's request. I finally ended up offering to let her keep what seemed to me a sentimental keepsake. Mm -hmm. And at that point, she was very insistent and said, no, 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 you bought it. (laughs) Your problem now, bud. (laughs) That's the point where you go. Yeah. I explained that I didn't want my money back and that she, you know, it would make me feel better to, and I thought of it as in like an act of kindness. She became somewhat upset. Looking back now, the way she became upset was just plain odd. She raised her voice to me and said, you bought it. You made a deal. Can you imagine this conversation? Dude, like, I know. You know, you, you can keep it if it's important to you. Fuck you. Take it. No, nope, I'll nope. sue you. Too late, bud. <laughs> uh, when I tried to speak, she yelled, we don't want it. 
Uh, she began to cry, asked me to leave, and quickly walked away. I wrote the old episode. I wrote the episode off to stress and grief uh, that she must have been experiencing, and I took my purchases and politely left. At politely. The, politely. At the time when I bought the cabinet, I owned a small furniture refinishing business. I took the cabinet to my store and put it in my basement workshop where I intended to re... Okay, let me pause here. Kevin Manis is an absolute just dickhead <laughs> loser. Okay, like he... The decisions that he makes are stupid. Oh my gosh. Okay. So First, t- taking it after somebody dude, no, don't, begged you. Dude, just wait. Okay, this dude sucks. <laughs> All right. So I took the cabinet to my store and put it in my basement workshop where I intended to refinish it and give it to a gift to my mother. Uh, I didn't think anything more about it. I opened my shop for the day and went to run some errands, leaving the young woman who did sales for me in charge. About a half hour later, I got a call on my cell phone. The call was from my salesperson. She was absolutely hysterical and screaming that someone was in my workshop breaking glass and swearing. Furthermore, the intruder had locked the iron security gates in the emergency exit and she could not get out. As I told her to call the police, my cell phone battery went dead. I hit speeds of 100 miles an hour getting back to the shop. When I arrived, I found the gates locked. I went inside and found my employee on the floor in the corner of my office sobbing hysterically. I ran to the basement and went downstairs. At the bottom of the stairs, I was hit by an overpowering, unmistakable odor of cat urine. There had never been any animals kept in my shop. The lights didn't work. As I investigated, I found the reasons the light didn't work also explained the sounds of glass breaking as all of the bulbs in the basement were broken. All nine incandescent bulbs had been broken in their sockets and 10 four-foot fluorescent tubes were lying shattered on the floor. I did not find an intruder. However, I should also note that there was only one entrance to the basement. It would have been impossible for anyone to leave without meeting me head on. I went back up to speak to my salesperson, but she had left. She never returned. Okay, so far she's the only smart one in the story. Yeah, she had been working with me for two years. She refuses to discuss the incident to this day. I never thought of relating the events to that day to anything other than... I never... Okay, fuck this dude. This is how it all stands. I never thought of relating the events of that day to anything having to do with the cabinet. Nor anything else ever. Okay. And here he writes, things got worse. A cat broke in, pissed, broke your light bulb. Slapped him out of the socket. (laughs) As I already indicated, I have decided to give my cabinet to uh, my mother as a birthday gift. About two weeks after I made the purchase, I decided to start refinishing it. I was surprised to find the cabinet had a unique little mechanism. When you open one of the doors, the mechanism causes the opposite door and a lower little drawer at the bottom to open at the same time. It was very well made. Inside the cabinet, I found the following items. One 1928 U.S. wheat penny one 1925 U.S. wheat penny, one small lock of blonde hair bound with string, one small lock of black brown hair bound with string, one small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew letters, which have now, they spell shalom, Um, one dried rosebud, one golden wine cup, and a very strange black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. Which I was like, I'll take that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, I saved all of the items in a box, intending to return them to the estate. The family has refused the items, so they will now be included in the sale of the cabinet. This is the eBay listing. Uh, he's still, so this is what he's saying. Bitch, you find hair and, and witchcraft, I, you in trouble. I know. Run. I know. After opening the cabinet, I decided not to refinish it. So you just opened it for no goddamn reason. I cleaned it and rubbed it with some lemon oil. 
It was at this time when I noticed there was an inscription in Hebrew carved in the back of the cabinet. I have no idea what it says or if it's significant. I have included a picture of the inscription below. On my mother's birthday, October 28th, 2001, my mother called to tell me that she was going out of town to my sister's for three days, and we postponed celebrating her birthday together until she returned. On October 31st, 2001, Halloween. my mother came to my shop. We were going to have lunch together, but before we were going to leave, I gave her the wine cabinet. She seemed to like it. While she examined it, I went to make a phone call. I hadn't been out of sight for more than five minutes when one of my employees came running into my office saying something was wrong with my mom. Oh. When I went back to see what the matter was, I found her sitting in a chair beside the cabinet. Her face had no expression, but tears were streaming down her cheeks. Oh. No matter how I tried to get her to respond, she could not. Uh, she would not. It turns out that my mother suffered a stroke. She was taken to the hospital by ambulance and ended up suffering partial paralysis and losing her ability to speak and form words. Oh she my has, God. Yeah. She has since regained the ability to speak. She could understand things being said to her and could respond by pointing to letters of the alphabet to spell out words she wanted to say. When I asked her the following day how she was doing, she teared up and spelled out the words, no gift. Oh. I assured her that what I had given her was a gift for her birthday, thinking she didn't remember, but she became even more upset and spelled out the words, hate gift. <laughs> this dude is like, why is she so... Uh, no dude, idea. no, it gets worse. I laughed and told her not to worry. I told her I was sorry that she didn't like the cabinet and I would get her anything she wanted if she would promise to get well soon. He gets worse. Still, Why do I want to take my fist and put it inside of his face? I know. Dude, it gets worse. Still, I didn't associate anything with what had happened to the cabinet itself with anything being paranormal. Frankly, I didn't even think I had used the term paranormal until last month. Um, Clearly. I'll try to make this short now. I gave the cabinet to my sister. She kept it for a week and gave it back. She complained that she could not get the doors to stay closed and they kept coming open. There were no springs in the door mechanism and I've never found the doors to come open. I then gave it to my brother and his wife. Who Quit kept giving it... this to people you love. Wait, Stop oh, dude, it. It gets worse. I then gave it to my brother and his wife who kept it for three days and then gave it back. My brother said it smelled like jasmine flowers while his wife said it smelled like cat urine. Huh. I gave it to my girlfriend who asked me to sell it after only a couple of days. I sold it the same day to a nice middle-aged couple. Three days later, when I came to open the shop, I found it sitting on the front step with a note that read, this has bad darkness. I have no idea what that meant. Anyway, I ended up taking it home. Re okay, wait, I wait. Rewind. So he gave this thing to everyone that he loved. Yeah. And then sold it to innocent people. And when they said, this thing's bad, he took it home. I don't, I can't, I can't explain. I don't know. I don't know. Since the day I brought it home, I began having a strange reoccurring nightmare. Every time I have a horrible dream, it goes, or the horrible dream, it goes like this. I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust, and I find myself looking into the eyes of the person I am with. It is then I realize that I'm looking at something different, something evil looking back at me. Mm -hmm. At this point in my dream, the person I'm with changes into what can only be, be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag I have ever seen. Oh. The hag then proceeds to beat the living tar out of me, verbatim. I, Somebody needs to. Yeah, no shit, right? Um, I have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I have been hit by the old woman during the previous mm -hmm. night. Um, still, I never related the nightmares to the cabinet, nor do I Can think I ever would Can you fuck have. off with that? About a month or so ago, my sister and brother and his wife came over to the house and spent the night. 
The following morning during breakfast, my sister complained that she had had a horrible nightmare. She said she recalled having it a couple of times before and went on to describe the nightmare exactly to the last detail. Mm. My brother and his wife froze as they listened and chimed in that they both had the exact same dream during the night as well. Mm. The hair was standing up on the back of my neck and still is. We talked and it became clear that the common denominator to each of us was the nightmare or uh, the common denominator essentially was the cabinet being in our homes. No fucking shit, Sherlock's. I called my girlfriend and asked if she could have any or she had any nightmares recently and she described the same thing. When I asked her if she remembered the date that she had the nightmare, she did not. I asked her if it happened that night before she gave the cabinet back, and she said, hey, yes, how do you know that? Now then, since my family's discussion, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. For a week afterward, I started seeing what I can only describe as shadow things in my periphery. Mm. In fact, numerous visitors to my house have claimed they have seen these shadow things. I put the cabinet in an outside storage unit and was awakened when the smoke alarm in the unit went off in the middle of the night. Ew. When I went to see Ew. What, yeah, I know. When I went to see what was burning, I opened the door and didn't see any smoke. However, I did get hit with the smell of cat urine. When I went back inside, the smell was there in the house. I do not own a cat and I never have. I went back outside and grabbed the cabinet. I brought it back inside and tried to research it on the internet. While I was surfing the net, I fell asleep again and had the same freaking nightmare. I woke up around 4.30 a.m. when it felt and smelled like someone was breathing on my neck. Ew. Ew. Smell. To find that my house now smelled like jasmine flowers. What is happening? Yeah. Just in time to see a huge shadow thing go loping down the hall away from me. Hmm. I would destroy the thing, except I really don't have any understanding of what it is and what I may be dealing with. Finally, a moderate sense, a bit of sense. I'm afraid, and I do mean afraid, that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it seems to have uh, may stay here with me. I have been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these kinds of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you are one of these people, please, please buy this cabinet and do whatever you want with a thing like this. Help me. You can see that I have no reserve price or minimum bid. If I can make things any easier, let me know and I will do anything within my abilities. One more note. On the same day that my mom had her stroke, the lease to my store was uh, terminated without cause. The measurements are 12 and a half inches by 7 and a half inches by 16.25 inches. All of the items that I originally found inside the cabinet are included in the sale and will be delivered with the cabinet. Update on June 12, 2003. Seller added the following information. There is no way that I can respond to the emails I have received since I've put this thing online. I will try to update and answer the most common questions I have been receiving. No, I am not religious. Two, I do not wish to participate in any sort of exorcism or case study or photo sessions at my home. Three, no, I will not sell any of the individual pieces which were found or any of the individual pieces found separate from the other pieces in the cabinet. So he's not gonna split it up. Mm. Four, no, I do not speak Hebrew, nor do I know what the word Kesselam means. I do not know if the word is even a Hebrew word. Five, at the end of the auction, I have decided to take the opportunity to speak to the winning bidder for two reasons. To make sure that the winning bidder is a serious adult who has employed some valid reasoning skills in making the decision to accept whatever this is. Mm -hmm. I will not be judgmental. Do whatever you want or need after the sale. Two, to offer full details of the events that have transpired. After I have carried out these responsibilities and upon payment, I will have the cabinet and its contents delivered by U.S. Mail, FedEx, or UPS to the winning bidder. At this point, I will have no further involvement with the matter in any way, shape, or form, period. Six, to all of you who have offered to pray, I may not be religious, but I am certainly open to possibilities no matter what your religion might be. Thank you. Hmm. June 14th, another update. The seller added the following information. Here's another update for everyone following the listing. No, no, I will not circumvent or make any deals outside of eBay even for more money than the final auction price. If you mm. want to win the auction and have any kind of money 
or any kind of money some of you are offering, then there should not be any reason you cannot place the bid on the open, honest fashion. Huh. I am sure you can understand why I might be suspicious. Also, for those of you wanting to know if I'm still experiencing anything out of the ordinary, I thought everything was okay until I got home on Friday, the 13th of June, and found that all of the fish in my water aquarium were dead. So Halloween and Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Those made me skeptical. Hmm. I thought that those dates were a little on the nose. A little on the nose. Yeah. Okay. But if if something is trying to make you feel a certain way or trying to play Fear. into fears, yeah, very true. It might try to stick to dates that we are fearful of. Yes. So the the cabinet was purchased by Josef Nischke, who purchased the box. He was a student at Truman State University in Missouri. He began to keep a blog about the antics that the box was up to when it huh. was in his in his care. I could not find the blog, but okay. I found writings about the blog. Okay. He stated that the lights started burning out everywhere, weird smells started to occur, and his hair began to fall out. Along with this, Yosef and his roommates were being plagued with insomnia and illnesses. He went to the doctor and got tested, and nothing was physically wrong. Following this blog was Jason Haxton, who purchased the box from Yosef for $280. Jason was the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri, and he, the same town, but he kind of was following the blog and he knew what was going on. Haxton claims to have had experienced paranormal activity in the presence of the box. So he's the third owner now of this box, not mm -hmm. counting the original older woman. Um, though he states that, it, he says, and this is odd, I can't find anything, and I listened to some other, like, people talking about it and read things. He says it has an anti-aging effect on him. I don't know what that huh. means. So he claims that it's he's... Benjamin Button. I don't know. Yeah, he claims that he's experienced welts and hives when he first had the box and even experienced coughing up blood and choking. Whoa. He said touching it almost puts it... I don't know what this means either. He said touching it almost puts it into a liquid state. I don't know what that means. Um, he relates that while he's hmm. had the box, he's had strange lights and shadows. So, uh, and I meant to say, when I started talking about Yosef Nitschke, that was the end of the eBay listing. Okay. So I did not clarify that. So now this is just telling Accounts. what happened. Yeah. So nevertheless, Hax Haxton has taken a rather intelligent and academic approach, I mean, he is a director of a museum, cool. uh, to understanding the box. He has enlisted the help of scientists, paranormalists, Kabbalists, Wiccans, uh, to put the box into a more manageable state so he can keep it. He believes that the force contained in the cabinet is neutral, but plays off who comes in contact with it. Hmm. Its ultimate goal is to understand and reveal truth and what it is seeking the right owner. Uh, yeah, so like kind of, I don't know, it's kind of tricky. He doesn't seem to think it's as serious. It, okay. Basically, it's a spirit that can read its host. Right, okay. And maybe take advantage of that. Yeah. Maybe not, you know. Uh, so for a time, Haxton kept the box secure uh, and an acacia wood arc lined with 24 karat gold stashed it in his den to keep it subdued. However, he eventually put it in a bunker. Until, to fuck the gold, I'm putting it in a bunker. Until it was purchased for thousands and thousands of dollars by our friend Zach Bagans. Bagans! I thought that he was the... Uh, yep. Okay. So, it is now... Our personal friend. Yeah. So, I've read... What, some people said it was donated. I don't fucking buy it. Uh, the majority of people say he paid a fuckload of money. Because by this time, this story was big. This was a big story, and this was a known item. And so, of course, Zach Bagans had to have his little hands on it. And so it Does is... Does this box want to throw down? Yeah. He wanted it in his haunted museum, oh, which I've heard is fucked up in Las Vegas. 
Um, it is not on display in the public. Uh, however, you can sign waivers to be taken to see it, and it's sealed in acrylic. Somehow, Excuse? Post Malone gets involved in this story. Uh, wait. Okay. Sure. Dude. It's ridiculous. I'm... I've been thrust into an alternate reality. I know. I know. I know. So upon visiting Zach's haunted museum in Vegas, Zach took Post Malone to see the Dybbuk box. Of course he did. Without this casing. Oh, Post Malone's dead now. <laughs> He's definitely um, had some ill luck, let's say. You got to watch this security footage too. It is Zach Bagans at his prime. Okay, oh, so no. Zach took Post into, I'm just going to call him Post. I know that's, uh, that's not his first Absolutely, it's his first name. I guess. And so in the security footage, you see them walk into the room and sitting on a table by itself in the middle of the room is the Dybbuk box. It's a blacked out room and Post Malone is standing against the door with his hand on the handle. Mm. The door's shut, but you can tell he's yeah. not happy about it. And Zach has his hand on the box. Fuck you, Zach. I know. And so in the footage... He won't move. And so Post opens the door to leave and Zach's just standing there with his hand on the box and he won't leave. And so Post comes and puts his hand on Zach's shoulder while Zach is still touching the box and Zach proceeds to rip his hand off the box and starts screaming and he crouches and he like hits the wall and he's like throwing a fucking fit. And so Post is in the room and he's trying to coax him out and eventually he like snaps him out of it and they bolt out of the room. This is on the footage. There's no sound, but you can see it happen. I'm skeptical because Zach's a drama queen. He's so dramatic. But he's also like crying and screaming. And right. he's also a macho man. So anyway. Did he just punch the box? He They run. He fucking hightails it out fuck. of the room. Both of them. And Post like helps him out of the room and they get the fuck out of there. I, I'm sorry. I'm having such a hard time. I'm really struggling that this wasn't just someone. It was just Post Malone and Zach Bagans had this ghost romp. I'm struggling with that. It doesn't seem like it, this should ever have happened. These are words that I never thought. I know. I know. I knew about Zach owning it and everything, and I did not know Post Malone was involved. And so, basically, Zach kind of seemed like he got possessed. Mm. Um, and at one point, to mention again, Post Malone touched Zach on the shoulder while he was still touching the box. Um, mm. A few months later, Post Malone was hit by a string of bad luck. His plane had to make an emergency landing after the tires blew off of it. <laughs> Supposedly, after that, three armed robbers broke into his previous house that actually other people lived in, and they had to be like, he doesn't fucking live here. Oh. And then his Rolls Royce was T-boned by a Kia. Oh, fuck. So all of that happened in a couple months. Following this occurrence, and this is Zach Bagan's in his true style. He made a big to-do saying, I mean, he, he came out and said that the worst thing he'd ever experienced pretty much was touching that box. Oh, man. Um, of course. And uh, he made Come a big... Come see it for $50. Dude, it's worse than that. Mm. So he said in Halloween of 2018, so this just happened, Zach made a big thing saying that he was going to do a big live event saying that he would face his fear and open the box. No, no, no. No, wait. wait As I, quoted on Newsweek... He said, I don't know if I'm going to do it or not, to be honest with you. He said, if I touch the Dybbuk box and what happened to me, if I touch the Dybbuk box and what happened to me, 
I, I don't really want people to see that, me crying, that, that reaction. That's why I don't know. This is probably the most challenging, anxiety-driven investigation I've ever done, and I can't stop thinking about it because of his experience with it the first time. So, uh -huh. he said, on touching the box the first time, I felt all of the fears you've ever felt in your life all at once in one concentration of energy. Mm. It was horrific. Apparently, he and Post, after that happened, just sat in the parking lot and he just cried his eyes out for a while. Shit. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what Newsweek had written. I'll call so. Post and ask. Yeah, let's, let's call him up and see what call he says. Him. Long story short, after all of that, he did not open the box after the whole fucking live event. It was mm. a big to-do and nothing happened and he just did not open the box. Huh. Yeah. So, what's the truth? Is this just one big grab of money and it started with one person who wanted attention? And or just worked its way up? is this truly, as it's claimed, the most haunted object in the world? Both. That's how I Both feel. Both is good. Either one. It's a great story. And regardless, it continues to capture our imagination. Post Malone's involved. The, okay, wait, wait, wait. So this started as this object that's coming from, you know, World War II and passed down through this family. And then it's this spooky ghost object. And at the end of it, it's fucking Post and, and Zach Bagans yeah. crying in a parking lot. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I, I can take a lot. I can go to a lot of places and not feel like I'm going to be scared or spooked or something bad's going to happen. I don't know if I would go see it. I'm not. I don't think I, I would. I have no interest. I have no desire. I have interest and desire, but I, I have a healthy fear. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad you... I, I knew none of that. I have heard it referred to before. Yeah. Um, and I had heard that it was some spooky shit. What is the cat piss and the jasmine about? I know. There's so many questions. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's the story of the Dybbuk box. Damn. Yeah. It's a lot. It was very long and I know there was a lot of reading. No. But there's just a lot of documentation, oh you know, to get God. through. So yeah. And I love the, um, the eBay listing. The, the is eBay cool. listing. Yeah. Yeah. That's apps. That's fantastic. And I like his general, just like, no, I will not do this. No, I don't want pictures. Yeah. 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 Now you're trying to be the hero after giving it to everyone that you love. Great. <laughs> Great. All right. I have a little bit of a government intervention conspiracy theory story they for do you. I love a good government conspiracy Well, theory. here's the thing. What's interesting about this is, and the video that um, I watched that prompted me to go off and research this and research that, the, the main video that I'm drawing from, had a man who's an off find his info, but had a man whose main gig in life is to be a skeptic. He's okay. written books. He's one of these, like, debunker dudes. Okay. Right? And he says in this video, what's interesting about this is he says the the core facts are true. Okay. So, this is the story of the Polybus. Okay. Or the Polybus. Polybus. I like Polybus better. And that's what I saw um, online, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. So I want to start by saying it is no secret that the U.S. government and all governments Any properly government, yeah. uh, have absolutely fucked with the populace before. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Speaking in a very, very real way, beyond conspiracy theories, beyond legends, um, in an effort to win the Cold War, 
Oh, God, so much. Oh, the Cold War. Oh, God, everything was fucked up. Just that fear. Our very own CIA turned to secretly testing the effects of brainwashing, hypnosis, psychoactive drugs, yep. and shock therapy on people. People who had signed up as volunteers, sure, but um, in most cases, they signed up as volunteers to help find a cure for the common cold. A lot of these people were involved in the army at, at the time, and they're just trying to do their service, maybe make a little extra money, yeah. find a cure for the common cold. How bad could it be? In actuality, the U.S. government was looking for next-level interrogation techniques mm -hmm. and mind control mind options. Control. This is known as Project MK Ultra. <sighs> Check it out. It's very real. It's very real. It's very wild. This kind of brings me to the legend of Polybus. Okay. The MK Ultra thing was very kind of fresh, and it, 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 all this information had leaked, and people were conspiracy theory-minded. Okay. Right? This led to a lot of conspiracy theories. Now that we know, there are, there's always been theories, but now that we have this hard evidence that this happened. Did this come out in the Freedom of Information Act? I don't know. I don't remember. I think it was actually leaked because they knew about it in the 80s. Okay. Um, okay. I, I actually should know more about that, but it was known at this point. Okay. Uh, and interestingly enough, there was a, a man who was involved, one of the guys who signed up as the cure for a common cold, yeah. and they tested um, the most deadly nerve toxin known to, like, they put it on his skin and stuff. He's gone on to, like, sue them, and he holds conferences. He's extremely well-spoken. He lived through it, but had a horrible experience. Well, and they were just awful. Like, here's the thing. I, I, I feel like this experiment, too, is one of the reasons that psychedelics have such a terrible rap, mm -hmm. because they weren't giving normal doses no they were frying people's brains they were mainlining to, to people and and, and they wouldn't even know that they'd be even taking no. it so mm -hmm. you'd just be there and they'd be hit with the strongest dose of lsd first time users yeah and you have no idea it was even given to yeah. you and oftentimes not that was not the only thing they did they oh. would combine it with shock therapy oh god uh, and and hypno they would just do all these things it was to you. truly atrocious and they were hoping to stumble upon something and I guess in an effort to make a, a sleeper cell yeah or, or anything that they could do by that point during that time everything every, they were so scared of the fucking Russians yeah I mean there was all we need of, something to we win this do war something to win. that's totally gonna happen oh, okay so all of that to say the government fucks with us we government know this totally sucks you motherfucker government, government totally sucks Ben Franklin. Okay. Um, so I've actually personally been interested in the Polybius story for a very long time. Okay. Uh, chances are, if you love video games, like I love video games, you have heard of this in, in some fashion, much like you've heard of Atari or something else uh, that kind of led to our modern day video game stature. And even if you don't, um, references to Polybius have been slipped into countless songs and movies and TV shows. Uh, and so it likely already takes up a space in your brain. Okay. The story starts, and this is the legend, folks. The story starts in Portland, Oregon. Hey, that's where mine was. I know. Weird. Uh, and there's lots of talks of cabinets in this one as well. In a different way. Also, one quick thing that I thought was interesting. The last update of his eBay listing was June 14th. And I printed these notes out on June 14th. Ew. Yeah. I thought that was a little weird. That's gross. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's awesome. Yeah. But still, like, eh, would rather not. 
That's cool. So that was hot and fresh off the presses. Yeah. God damn. Um, all right. So let's see. No, his eBay time. listing. His, yeah. The last update of it was June 14th, 2003. Oh. But I oh, printed them so out So it was an anniversary. June 14th of 2019. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. I think dates like that, anniversaries and things like that, I think that has extra power. It's neat. You know, I yeah. think it, it brings else. something to it. Um, so this story starts in Portland, Oregon in the early 1980s. Portland, Oregon in a slow gym fizz. That ain't love, then tell me what is I just think of uh, in Portlandia, that song he makes about Portland. The dream of the, the 90s is alive in Portland. Portland. I love it. Yeah. Um, so at this time, video games are hot and popping and growing in popularity. They're okay. fresh and they're lit and they're dope. Okay. I lost my place trying to pop trying up to all hip. those. <laughs> let me let, let grandma find her place. Um, and I'm talking the old arcade style. Games. Okay, cool. So giant cabinets with colorful buttons and, and joysticks. Uh, and it wasn't hard to find an arcade to lighten your pockets in back in these days. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Kids are doing it. Think Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Weird adults are in there having fun. Weird adults. That makes it sound creepy. But like everybody enjoyed You would have been in there. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd have been, you know, in the back chewing gum and big giant hoop earrings. and so the, some Galaga. Oh, boy. Listen, if you haven't played Paperboy on its arcade Paperboy cabinet... Paperboy is infuriating and violent. Lived. That well, is a dangerous goddamn job. Add in the fact that on on its arcade cabinet, you actually have, have to Have the steer. bicycle thing, yeah. Okay. I digress. So the game-playing youth of Oregon, um, or I guess just Portland, not all of Oregon, uh, began to notice a new game popping up in some of the arcade's outskirts. It was called... Polybius. First, it was just here and there, and a few arcades had it. No big deal. But before long, almost every single arcade in Portland housed a Polybius cabinet. No one ever seemed to see it being rolled in. They never saw it being set up or any people working on it. There was no fanfare. A lot of times a new game came out. There's a banner and there's Mm -hmm. some fanfare to it. Nothing. It just was all of a sudden. Before long... Kids, children, started to notice that their friends who had played Polybius, uh, Polybius or even themselves, came down with uh, just a myriad of symptoms. Mm. Seizures. Mm. Short periods of amnesia. Oh, shit. Which was one of the things that MK Ultra was this actually trying to This is some mind control, control shit. They're testing what they fucking found they out. They would try to do things to you, and then they would try to make you completely yes, forget about yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. So short periods of amnesia uh, and haunting night terrors. Mm. But the most powerful after effect of all of this was the need to play more Polybius. The the rumor between children was that Polybius was a government-created game, host to a multitude of surveillance systems and mind-control devices. The jump from kid legend to, um, to adult conspiracy theory, I guess, just needed a small push. And that push came in the form of bi-weekly visits to all of the Polybius cabinets in Portland by odd, quiet men. Men in black. Who wore black suits and black glasses. The men would walk directly for the Polybius, no other games, open it up, take some kind of readings, uh, never the change that was inside of it. They weren't empty. They didn't give a shit about the money. They were opening it up, plug something in, scribbled something down, um, 
never fixed it, never did anything. They just walked in, got their information, and left. This went on for months and months until, without warning, all of the visits completely stopped and all of the plebeius cabinets vanished, never to be seen again. Wow. That is the legend. Okay. And a lot of this is um, been inflated. Okay. 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 But as the true facts hold, here's what we know. That was a legend. Uh, it's not too far off from the real from the real thing, though. There was once a game called Polyplay. Polybius, Polyplay. Okay. They are both start. Uh, Polybius is spelled P-O-L-Y, and then. Bolivius. Mm. So it's not hard to see where a connection could have been made okay. in the name. In the time that this story take, uh, takes place, many think that it, it lended its hand to naming the Polybius. Um So there is Polyplay showing up to arcades, mm. a new game not really many people know about. Okay. After children who a connection was found that they did play this Polyplay game, uh, two kids came down violently ill, violently sick, seizures and all the things that I had mentioned before. Two weeks after these children became sick, and I guess maybe it started like, well, they played that Mm -hmm. that polyplay game. The government did actually raid the arcades of Portland that held the polybius. Or the polyplay. The polyplay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. 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 Um, They actually raided it and they did remove all of the polyplays from arcades uh this coupled with the fact that our government has been known to use video games as a manner to train people for Mm -hmm. various different things uh makes you wonder how far the facts are from the fiction yeah it's a little short a little sweet but um the fact that i love conspiracy theories. And excuse me for mixing up Polybius and Polyplay, but they're very close. Yeah, that is pretty similar. Um, and, and those those are hard facts. That happened. Yeah. Okay. Kids got sick. The government went, oh, shit! And they and removed it. it. You cannot find a Polyplay anywhere. But it is documented that it did exist. Interesting. I love it. I loved it, too. Wow. Shall we move on to a couple of listener stories? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How do you want to do this? Do you want to just go ahead and bang them out? Or do you want to do them in the morning? I'm not against having some nice coffee and being fresh. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of cooked. Right. Right now. Yeah. How would you feel about, how would you feel about doing a little bit of ghost hunting around the town of Jefferson? It's night. And then we can talk about it tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow we will have listening story, listener stories. And maybe some. And maybe some 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 ghost stories of our own damn selves. So, um, I think we're going to take a quick break here. The next time you guys see us, we will probably look a little fresher. Maybe. Maybe. Or we'll we'll at least have coffee. Or we'll be back at one of our houses because we left in the middle of the night like Steven Spielberg did. Yeah. True. We shall see. All right. Until tomorrow. Let's hit it. Let's hit the town. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I slept like a dead rock. I slept like asshole. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm, I'm finding it really hard to be too sorry because I feel great. I do have to say, the <laughs> next time we do this, 
We're gonna alternate on the room temperature. Look, the Zen when room. When I saw the Zen room, shut up. It's a swamp. Okay. When I saw, I, I rolled over and I saw that the air conditioner said sixty degrees. You became angry. I was livid because I knew it was cold. Because like I, like froze my balls off all night, and I was like, it's probably not that. I mean, I'm just a cold person, and the blankets here are kind of they're they're yeah. like breezy, mm-hmm. you know, which for normal people that's fine. And so I was like, it's probably just because it's thin blankets. And I like blinked and woke up and saw 60 degrees and was like, are you serious? <laughs> you know what? I woke up and I was like, I'm a little sweaty. <laughs> oh, for God. <laughs> so the next one, wherever it is, we're going to put it on a cool. Is it just going to be 80 degrees? No, no. I think it's, I think I can settle with like 68 or 70. Okay. I think we've decided that 70 is our median. It works. Yeah. I can, I can deal with 70. Cause you're, you're, if you had perfect Macy, like your It'd way all the time. almost 80. It'd be like 90 degrees, yeah. right? Yeah. Like when we were in your car that one day we were driving and cause you have the two different vents and I had mine on like 87 and you had yours on 40. True. We could not. And yeah, and yeah, that about 50 is if I could just snap my fingers and it's Charlie World. Yeah. So I think 70 is a good I think we can do that. Middle ground. Okay, cool. I actually forgot it was on 60. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy the shit out of it. <laughs> just know that it wasn't intentional. That's fair. It's a good and air conditioner. My bed was closer to the AC. Yeah. Yeah. So Oh yeah, no, if I would have been in that I bed, I would have Diamond Bessie slapped you. <laughs> Across the face in the middle of the night, and stole your jewelry. Speaking of diamond, okay, it's still on. I know. I I, I, it's, I checked this morning. I was like, okay, was like okay. It's, she didn't mess with me. She didn't like aquamarine. She's too she, good for that she's shit. Like, what is this blue shit? <laughs> uh, speaking of diamond, Bessie, did were there any overnight experiences? No, I thought there were, but I. Mm. It would take me a minute. So I don't usually, I never sleep. We don't even have a TV in our room. Mm-hmm. I never sleep with the TV on. However, I did not want to sleep in dead silence in this room. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we put the TV on and it was on this just B grade cooking channel. Not even the real cooking channel. It was like some weird. It's like public access. Yeah. It was super strange. Cooking channel. And I kept hearing like. And it was the goddamn knives. People cutting shit. And I kept hearing it and I was like, that's the rocking chair. And then I would be like, no. No, it's not. It's not the rocking chair. And I would go back to sleep, and it would happen again. And then finally this morning, I was brave enough to, like, pull the covers off. Because I kept waking <laughs> up, and then I would just put my face under Hunter's body even further. I don't know how I breathed. You were just burrowed under his under him. Like, back. Yeah, and I finally, like, w- took everything off, and I saw there was daylight in the windows. And I was like, mm. all right, we've made it. That is such a mind, that is such a mental game with it me. It is. When I see daylight. It's like, it's, I survived. We're saved. Yeah. I made it. Mm-hmm. I think it's instinctual. Oh, yeah. When you make it through the night, you know. Now I can see you, motherfucker. Yeah. Come at me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything happened because I was I was in I was in REM sleep all night. <laughs> you were in the spirit realm <laughs> with them. I actually projected <laughs> to, just, to just another bed. <laughs> um, but waking up was a little rough this morning, just being in such a deep sleep. I did one of those when you wake up and you're like, where am I? Kind of yeah. moments. Yeah. I was like, this is much nicer than my bedroom. I um, I woke <laughs> up at about 6.40. Mm. And that's when I, I saw the daylight and I was like, all right, I'm not going to force mm. this anymore. So I just kind of laid around. Then I went to the balcony, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And I saw it's your not, mom. It's a rainy morning. It's a rainy morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your mom was out there getting coffee. Mm. And then I, I, was, I was out in front of the hotel just drinking coffee, yeah. talking to random passerbys for about 30 minutes. And yeah. that was nice. Yeah. 
Um, I was in here furiously showering and trying to get ready because I was like, Macy's already up. (laughs) Um, What else is new? Yeah. (laughs) Just... I never sleep. I'm just always up. Just assume. Unless it's nighttime. Unless it's 8 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've got like three more hours to do. No, I'm going to bed. No, I'm out. <laughs> That's, I don't know if you've noticed us, like how we communicate. So you'll send me things at night. And yeah. I answer them at six, at like six in the morning or whatever. I hope that's okay. No. But I'll usually read them and I'm in bed at like nine o'clock. And I'm like, I'm going to answer this in the morning. Well, see, that's how I operate directly opposite <laughs> yeah. i will read them at six in the morning kind of like when you know stirring i mm-hmm. guess i'll read them and go i'll answer it later and then it'll be like noon when i get back because i read it i see it i absorb it yeah and then i'm up doing my day to day and it's not till i get back home yeah in the morning that i'm like oh yeah i gotta check it <laughs> it's like a how terry pratchett and um fucking neil, neil gaiman Damon. wrote good good omens because mm. like one was in america and one was in the uk mm. and they would like write at different kind of times of the day and then would call each other and let each other know what they wrote that day <laughs> and just put the book together i'm glad it. well okay look that was a highly successful oh, venture yeah. Yeah. right so it's fine it's just great. two different methods different we strokes have, you know two different views of of a lot of aspects uh, almost every aspect yeah. which is funny but Which it is, melds. It, it's weird because we do get along. We're like a yin-yang. Exactly. Yeah, man. I hate you. <laughs> I, I hate you. No. All right. Anytime I think of that meme of Dennis where he's driving and she's like, you dumb bitch. Like, <laughs> you dumb bitch. You dumb bitch. I like when he's holding a bowl of cereal. <laughs> um, I love Dennis. He's so weird. I need my tools. <laughs> it's fetish shit. <laughs> so uh, what kind of coffee did you grab? I got the Almond Joy. Almond Joy. I love Almond Joys and coconut Mm -hmm. and coffee. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I do drink creamer, um, every now and again I'll get a wild hair and break from heavy whipping cream and get creamer. I I love the Almond Joy creamer. Yeah. I love coconut coffee. Uh, We went to this just little charming coffee spot. I don't know the name of it. Is it in our cups? No. Well, hell, it's right next to our hotel. right by the Excelsior House Hotel. (laughs) You just walk in. She's great. She talked to us about some ghosty shit. Yeah. Yeah, said that she's uh, stopped by the hotel on, on numerous occasions. She and... walked into our room and promptly walked out mm-hmm. before because she didn't like it. Which I think we should kind of talk about after recording. I think we should. Yeah. After we uh, turned the cameras off and turned everything off last night and decided we were going to get some rest, we promptly went out and experienced the town. You, yeah, you did more so than me. You kind of went on your own little quest, taking pictures and things like that, which I'm very excited to go through, uh, like kind of with a fine tooth comb, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I kind of just walked around the courtyard and at one point, just kind of needed, we stepped outside. Mm -hmm. It felt energetically very heavy. Yeah. And the moment we walked, not into the courtyard, because the courtyard still feels like you're in the hotel. We walked out of the hotel to the street, and I felt like we both were just like... The air was thinner. You could... It was lighter. Yeah. 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 And I think we both agreed that there was nothing... There was no malice in it. No. No. It's just a lot it's of just history lot. and energy and yeah. shit going on. And, and, and I guess even if you want to look at it through the lens of not ghosty shit, but just the historical significance, even that can be heavy when there's oh, a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Energy- Add on... That there is shit here. Oh, yeah. And, like, I mean, just energy imprintation, mm. you know? I mean, what else? What has fucking gone on with all these furniture pieces? 
You know, yeah. I mean, it, there's so much going on in yeah. this room, especially when we have all of these electronics and mm-hmm. shit going on. And we had our M pump. Yeah, we did. M pump. I hate it. I hate it. Do you hate the name or the function more? The name. Okay. I can get behind the function. <laughs> I hate the name. <laughs> that was the only thing I was a little bit hesitant about turning on because I was like, what? there's no turning back from that one. Yeah. What's it going to bring out? Yeah. Excuse me for being rude and having my coffee um, to, to our Patreon viewers. I've been drinking it the whole time. Okay. Like, you've been talking. Good. and I've... I think I've just been... There's going to be sucking and popping noises in the background because it's one of those cups. I have got to stop editing the last episode and then the one I edited before. So, like, one and then a gap and then another one. I keep drinking things with spoons in them. And it's like... Clink, bing, 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 bing. And it has been driving me insane. And I keep hearing it. I've got to quit doing that. I need one of these cups, like a sippy cup, and I can mm. have nothing else. Or just like an open glass of Or, yeah, just something. a mug yeah. without a spoon in it. It's so obnoxious. <laughs> oh, I got the cinnamon coffee. How's it feeling? I, You know when cinnamon hits you just right in the throat and you can feel it? It always makes my throat oh. itch. Yeah, it's a little bit of like, a, a itchy Not thing. in a bad yeah. way, but it's like... It's just there. Kind of, yeah, you feel it. Well, I feel it... It feels almost just medicinal to me. Yeah. Just that feeling. And, and my throat, you know, you're always a little bit logy in the, the morning. <gasps> <gasps> We're here. We're back. Today. To tell stories. And uh, we have some. We got one we got story. We got a lot of stories. We got a lot of stories. And uh, we're probably going to do... We're probably going to cut the amount of stories in this particular episode. Yeah, this is a just long a boy. Just a few. Uh, we think that there's going to be plenty of footage yeah. to go through and, and everything else. So we're probably going to do, I don't know, what do you, maybe two stories each, yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. And um, move on from there. So would you like to start, the, I'll start the process? Do you want the whole stack or just the story? Just a story. <laughs> you may not be interested in an entire binder of paper. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all the story about a Hopper Valley widowed wife. All right, this was sent in by Cat B. Cat B. Okay, so here's what Cat B. Which every, it's it's on the top of the stack, and every time I look at it, my eyes breeze over it, and I just see Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go. It all begins about four years ago. Mm. My husband and our two children moved to our little town. We leased a house on the lake. We leased a house on the lake chain that we love while we waited for our last home to close and so we could find the perfect place on the lakes. We looked at so many houses and nothing was a good fit. I finally found one that was amazing. Oh. It was only two years old and it had, a, it had lake access but was not directly on the water, which I love. It is surrounded by woods but so close to the water. The house listed on Saturday. We set up the showing the following Tuesday and we were excited. My husband called me on Monday and asked me if there was an open house that maybe we missed for the house that we are seeing Tuesday. There are cars all over the road and the driveway is packed full of cars too. Okay. I said, no, I don't think so. It's a cult meeting. Let me call the realtor. I called my friend and she said, Kat, are you sitting down? I said, no, what the hell? Did it sell already? And the realtor said, I have to tell you about the owner. They listed the house on Saturday because the couple was getting divorced. When the wife and adult children left the house today, the owner blew his head off with a high-powered rifle. Whoa. Uh, The realtor said, do you still want to see the house? And I said, "Uh, no. And the realtor said, talk to your hubs and let me know for sure. I talked. (laughs) Do you want to see it? Fuck no. Get back to me. Let's let's just let it sink (laughs) in a minute. I mean, you did like this house. Think on it. It was a pretty pretty good house. Just a little bit of death. Just a little bit of bloods. (laughs) Bloods. Uh, (laughs) 
so I talked to my husband about the house and let him know how completely creeped out I was about it. He insists that we still go see the house, and I reluctantly agree, knowing that there is no way I will like it. The realtor said that the wife really needs to sell the house now and wants to continue with the appointment that we set for the next day. Me, will there be blood and brains? Because if there is, no thank you. The realtor said, no, they've already had the area professionally cleaned and treated. Mm. So we go to see the house, and it's just beautiful. It's a newer house, but the property was developed years ago and has a family homey feel to it. I totally had no creeps, but the thought of what happened still bothered my brain. However, my heart was all in. There was plastic all over the door to the room. The, uh, my husband asked if he could go in. Of course he did and called me saying, Cat, it's clean and there is no blood. I barge into the room with the thought, Hello, dumbass, you don't just announce things like that. So I go in and to my surprise, there was nothing but patched walls, ceiling, and bare floor. Mm. He asked me how I felt. I said I felt fine, but it still bothered me. Not my intuition. Uh, it still bothered my brain, but not my intuition. Mm. He said, let's show the house to the kids, tell them the story, and if they feel okay about it, we'll make an offer. I thought, no, okay. But the kids will never go for this. Guess what? They loved it. We made an offer, and she accepted oh within God. the same day. Could you, could you do that? Do you think, could you live in a house that so recently had something? That's the, that's the thing here. It's the recentness mm-hmm. of it. Like, you know, if it was just uh, a few years ago, yeah. maybe. But if yeah. it happened, like, two days prior... Mm. Seems like a big imprint. It to seems be left real, behind, um, you know. Yeah, this real seems, quick to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, might be the most beautiful house in the world. Never know. It depends. It, yeah, might, how, it might just be worth it. How good is this house? Yeah, uh, we had a few issues, and it took months to close on the house. I feel you. <laughs> I know what that's like. Uh, the wife was not on the deed to the house, but to the land. She had to put an ad in the paper because the husband had an had an estranged daughter who no one knew the whereabouts of. She had to say that the house was being sold, but if anyone had claims to the estate, they had to do it within three months. Uh, No one came forward, so we got the house. And that was Hunter leaving just now. Oh, yeah. Before we moved in, my friend, who is sensitive to spirits, met me at the house. I didn't tell her anything about what happened, nor was it published anywhere. This is going to be interesting. This is, oh boy. We walked in, and she tells me, it's so homey here. She walked in every room and opened every closet and cabinet. As we finished walking through, I felt so relieved. We walked into the kitchen, and she was looking out the patio door. She asked if the two-story shed was ours, too. I said, yes, it is. I have been there a few times. Do you want to take a look? And she said, yes, please. We walk in to the shed that was only a few years old. It looks like a little barn. It's cute, and at the time was empty. I walked into the door, and she came in behind me. It was daytime and nice and sunny outside. She looked at me and said, the house is amazing. You guys are so blessed. And the guy who killed himself in the bedroom stays out here on the second floor. But he is not here to hurt or scare anyone. My eyes bugged out of my head as I was thinking about running for the car. We hear a huge bang from the floor above us. I was gone. Ran back, uh, ran back to the house. And by the time I made it to the door, she was walking out of the shed laughing, saying, it's okay. He doesn't want to hurt anyone. You shouldn't be afraid. We left and talked in the car. She, she knew nothing from any source but what she felt. She promised. I was shaken, but I believed her. We moved in, and over the months, we would hear noises, see shadows, etc. But one moment, or one morning, I was in the garage, and I heard the sound like a shotgun blast. Mm. It scared me, and I ran inside, and the family was still sleeping, so I couldn't ask if anyone else heard it. I looked all around, and there was nothing that fell or broke. So strange. I asked everyone and they heard nothing, thought it must have been something outside. Well, the sounds kept happening and I began to ignore them because no one heard them but me. Then one day I was in the garage again and bang, 
My son was 17 and came running outside. He said, holy shit, mom, did you hear that? I said, yes, I did. Finally, someone else hears it too. She's just like, thank you. Uh, she said, I have attached a video from our security camera. I promised you on my soul that no one altered this clip in any way. It was exactly as it happened, and at this time we were not home. We only set the camera when we were not there. Watch the fish tank and listen with the volume up. We'll have to do that. We'll have to do that. Sometimes uh, you guys will send us stories with attachments, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's the best. Awesome. Uh, however, since we do not pre-read the stories, really, we don't... We don't watch the things either mm -hmm. until after we read it. So um, I am so pumped to go back and look at that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Over the next few months, there were footsteps, bangs, objects moved, doors shut when no one was in the room, and doorknobs turning when mm. no one was on the other side of the door. Fuck that. That's the Fuck worst. Fuck that noise. Oh, my God. Right off. Because a door opening is not as bad to me, I feel like, as a just a... <sighs> yeah, I don't like that one bit. Um, fuck one, that right off. Fuck that right off. Uh, one night I was home alone because the hubs and my son were working. The dogs would, uh, the dogs would sit and watch the front door. I was mm. laying in my bed and I could see them just staring. Mm. So being ex-military police, I have a little nice nine millimeter next to me. I grab it and try to rest. My son called on his way home and when he got there, we decided to walk the property to see if anything was outside. We saw nothing. We then went back and went to sleep. I am suddenly awakened by our, our alarm shrilling. My son runs into the room, jumps on the bed, and said, Mom, I heard someone moving around down here. I don't want to call. I didn't want to call out, so I set off the alarm. Smart move. Mm -hmm. um, said, okay, let's shut, off, let's shut it off and give it a few minutes and go for a walk. We found nothing. When we got back inside, he went back upstairs, and I went to bed. After a few minutes, he came back to my room. He said, Mom... Would it be creepy if I slept in here with you? I feel you, bud. I feel like it'd be less creepy. I would have done it the first time. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking that when she said that he ran in and jumped in the bed, that just reminds me of some shit at 30 years old. I would, I would do still tomorrow. Do. Just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's 17 and hasn't slept in my bed for many, many years. I said, you're welcome to sleep in here because I would feel better if you were close. Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, and you have the gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he's after. <laughs> Neither one of us slept well that night, and explaining this to the husband when he got home was crazy. He didn't believe us until we caught the video that I told you about before. After no logical explanations, I said, this is enough. I got my sage, my crystals, and started walking, praying, and cleansing. I told the spirit that if he would not be if he could not be loving, quiet, and kind, that he needed to leave. Mm. I did all of this through the house in the garage. Of course, my husband and son said, stop, you're making the whole house smell like weed. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I said, do you want to go through this again? And both of them zipped their lips. I had, I had complete faith that the cleansing had worked. I didn't hear anything for almost a whole year after that. Then in April, which was the anniversary of the day we moved mm. in, not the death, it would start again. Mm -hmm. I would cleanse and then it would be gone. One little note on the strange side, I always felt like there was something that was a little criminal that happened in the house. Hmm. I originally thought it had something to do with his death, but then I had dreams about a girl trying to escape the old house that was on the property before oh. this one was built. The story goes that he was drunk and tried to make something in the Fry Daddy when he passed out and set the house on fire. Could happen. Uh, we were told that everyone got out and the insurance funds built the new house, but who confirmed this? Do you remember Fry Daddies? I remember Fry Daddies. That was such a blast. Yeah. Hell the yeah. Fry Daddy. Fry Daddy. I love the name Fry Daddy. Fry Daddy. <laughs> what the fuck? Last summer, when I was planting some peony bushes in the front flower bed, I was digging and dug up a girl's shoe. I'm going to throw up. Very fucking strange, right? 
I screamed and called my husband. My husband said that it was probably there when they built the house and honestly, I felt so freaking PTSD over it. I just wanted to put it back and cover it up with dirt. I was sure it was connected <laughs> to the girl in my dream. So I let the husband finish digging all that uh, and all that he found and all that we found was the one shoe. He planted the bushes and that was that, but I couldn't help thinking about the estranged daughter. The one day we put the one oh. the one that they had put the ad in the paper for. Weird, huh? Hmm. Here we are in 2019. The kids are grown now and have moved away. Just me, the husband, and the dogs at home. So this last year, I decided to make the room, which has always been an office that never really got used, into my room. I sew, craft, make soap, candles, etc. Hmm. I just wanted a place to put my little antique hutch with a fold-out desk that is my altar. Mm. I thought, what a great way to bring some light on a dark space. Yeah. And I sage almost daily, so it's always free of negativity. It has worked out great. I love my setup and it's very peaceful. I feel no bad vibes and it gets cleansed at least once a week. Oh. All's good. But here we are in April again. Oh shit. I was in the garage yesterday, smoking, my worst habit, when my hubby came out. Are you okay? And I said, yeah, why are you so weird? He said, because I heard a big bang or crash. I said, mm, mm. he's back again and being uh. a shit. <laughs> I love that's the attitude you yeah. adopt after a while. It's, it's like, he's like, being a little shit. Dude, stop being such a heathen. We've had this conversation. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, and so, <laughs> time to exercise this motherfucker. <laughs> I talked to a psychic, and he said that people who take their lives are afraid to go to the light because they think that they will be punished for taking their life. Mm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I am not sure how to get him to cross over, but I must find a way. Mm. This shit is scary, ladies, and I can't take it anymore. I try to just coexist, but Hubs works thirds at this time, and I hate waking up in the middle of the night to a gun blast. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, that's enough to uh, to send you off. That's very intense. Yeah, um, I am thinking I will sage every part of the property and salt the perimeter. I would love any sigil suggestions that you mm-hmm. might have. I need to make sure that he either chills or goes away. Mm-hmm. I'm good with either one. Our house pick and security camera video are attached. Let's kick this to the Facebook group. Yeah, Anybody have any suggestions, dealt with this before, uh, can have any uh, ideas that maybe could help this guy Mm -hmm. move on? Yeah. Because that's heavy shit. That's a lot. It's a lot to take. And also, I want to say, like, how great. You could not have picked a better person, although you were hesitant to move in. You couldn't pick a better person than a witch to move in after something like that. To move in after that. To care for the space. Yeah. And then ultimately to care for him and what is left not to run away and try to help him cross over yes yeah yeah even if it's fucking frustrating yeah because that sounds frustrating yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) especially with the silence and then the reactivation i also want to encourage you to look into what maybe happened to spark the reactivation yeah because it sounds like he went a little silent for a couple of years and now he's well she said that it uh it seems to get worse around the anniversary of the happening yeah um or near and around it the happening the happening that movie that classic that modern classic <laughs> cinematic masterpiece sorry <laughs> um yeah interesting and what about like i when she asked for sigils i don't know um any right off hand however i think it might be a good idea to try to do as macy's talked about the containment on the backs of the doors. Yeah, that really feels right to me. Especially to kind of just say something very gentle. You can create your own sigil. Like, I think that's the best way to go about it because it's more more powerful. Uh, Just something on the little doors in his room just to say, look, 
stay here. Exactly. You know. Yeah, like when I... Um, or at least keep your negative-ass attitude right here until I can deal with you. Exactly. Like, when I do mine, I, I do Othala, which mm-hmm. is my... I mean, I'm very home-based, mm-hmm. and, you know, I bought my family property or where I grew up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very tied to that, so it's appropriate. And uh, Yira. Mm-hmm. And I do both of those because it's like, this is my home. Mm-hmm. I understand that things change and whatnot, but it's like, to me, that's what I like it because yeah. you have Yira, which is talking about growth and mm-hmm. things like that. And then you have like the rune of your home. Yeah. And it's just, to me, it sends a message of being like, this is my place, mine now, mm-hmm. things have changed. You can't be here unless I want you to be. It is my time yeah. to be here and to grow and to yeah. have my life. And yeah, um, yeah I get that. Yeah. You know, And I think that that's, um, I, I don't know. I, it, it's a spooky story, but it does have a, a kernel of... Things could have gone worse. A family who had no experience exactly. with this could have moved in. Yeah. And who knows what I would have And I'm glad that y'all are all openly communicating about it. Yeah. Not one of those things that, you know, to where... Suffering in silence. Like in the goddamn Divic Box story, to where they all were having these nightmares and nobody talked about it. Yeah. And fucking Kevin Mattis was just giving everybody the box. I still didn't connect it with the demon box. And dipstick, man. It smells like cat piss and also flowers. Um, I'm still, that is perplexing to me. I hope somebody can say, you know, what, something, why sometimes it's pleasant and why sometimes it's repulsive. And to different people. Yeah. Maybe it brings something out. We could talk on that. Oh yeah. Okay. I have a story here from Jen H. Every time I read a name, my brain immediately goes somewhere. And for this was Jen H. Jen H. All right. I used to live in a home that was owned by my great-grandparents. Cool. Sweet. I love it. After they passed, my great-uncle lived alone in the basement. He was a bit of a hermit. Okay. And my aunt and uncle lived in the house. After they moved out, my great-uncle passed, and I asked to move into the home. Okay, yeah. Oh, this home was a 1920s Art Deco home with all original woodwork, stained glass, and flooring in excellent condition. I'm... Leaving this room. I might cry. I mean, like, the emotions that just I, flooded, I know, anything just like from Art here. Art Deco like, and stained glass make me emotional. See, the flooring. If there's ever a flooring original. Oh, yeah. Or at least old, like this. Yeah, yeah. It makes me emotional. It, tell, it does me, too. Yeah. I've lived in two houses in my life. Three, actually. Mm-hmm. All of the houses I lived in in Arkansas were all at least. They, the oldest one, I think, was like 1900s. The other one was like 1920. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I lived in another farmhouse that was built in 1910. And they yeah. all have those thin, old, mm-hmm. original slatted boards, mm-hmm. and it just feels like a story. When was the one I visited you? That um, was built in like 1910 or 20. Okay, that wow. little farmhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's that was old, an old as, house. and it had the thin old boards mm-hmm. with like that thick enamel. Some of them were painted, and yeah. some weren't, but it was old. Well, I think it's because wood. Somebody recently asked on the Facebook or wrote in, in some form or another, how should I connect with ancestors? Y'all talk about ancestors and stuff like that. Wood is one of the best pieces for communicating with stuff like that. It seems porous it, spiritually. It holds things. Yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, even if you just look at the rings of a tree, you know, these many years have passed by oh, yeah. and it's it tells this story. And I feel that even though it's dead and cut down and been lacquered and shellacked or whatever, it's still this wood that connects us to something Mm -hmm. much older Mm -hmm. and that's what gets me so like old floors yeah (laughs) yeah man (laughs) to wrap up old floors floors. caught myself in a little bit of a spiral there (laughs) (laughs) 
So, uh, the flooring was in excellent condition. Mm. It very much reminded me of the home in the first episode of American Horror Story. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And then she says, the creepy bathroom in that season was identical to mine. This is the life I want to live. I'm jealous. And then they they put a little hmm face after that. This home was originally built for the second in charge of the state mental hospital located down the road. It is still there today. Great. It is now a reputable institution. Okay. Uh, That's dope. But in the late 20s, you can imagine, in the late 20s into the 1990s, it was not so much the case. Yeah. A lot of, lot of things we've learned oh, since yeah. then. The second floor had a men's smoking parlor where business for the mental institute was conducted. Mm. Frequently, I would smell cigar smoke. I bet. And hear footsteps leaving that room and headed down the stairs around 2 a.m. every day. Oh. I felt it was a residual haunt, but I would wait with my heart racing every night at that time, uh, and without fail, it would happen again and again. I worked overnights at the time and was frequently awake, uh, studying on the couch at 2 a.m. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being awake and just watching your watch? Be like, it's almost 2. It's It's going to happen. It's going to happen. My sister and her boyfriend moved in with me for a while and also experienced the same thing. And there was lots more. Mm. My great-grandmother had severe dementia toward the end of her life. My family hired a live-in caretaker for her from the Caribbean. She was found to be stealing from her and was fired. Oh, great. She was not happy and told my family she would curse anyone else we hired to take care of my great-grandmother. So she's insulting about That seems a little ridiculous. I mean, you literally did this to yourself, you thieving bitch. (laughs) You caught me stealing. I'm going to curse you. Yeah, are you kidding me? What kind of logic is that? (laughs) She's embarrassed. I guess. Uh, Well, the caretaker's room was in the attic. She had her own bathroom and bedroom up there. The staircase went straight down to the smoking parlor on the second floor, which is where my great-grandmother was staying. No other caretaker was hired, no other caretaker we hired after would uh, stay in that room. They always chose the smaller guest bedroom and to share the main bathroom. Some just packed up and left as to, with no word as to why. Okay. So how many, I wonder, did you go through? Yeah. And at one point do you go, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, things would frequently go missing and reappear the next day in plain sight. That is so aggravating. You know what? That's that's a little um, trickster. It's like a poltergeisty thing. You and know, to it's me, just pisses you off. It's yeah, and it's it's intentional to piss mm-hmm. you off because it's like if they wanted something and if they were personally enamored with it, it wouldn't come back. Yeah, no. And then but I feel like they back. feed off your frustration and then just do more. It's like a kid like watching from around the corner and they're like, oh shit, oh they're gonna find it. Ugh. Um. And to me, it's less scary and just more like, are you fucking you again? Ca- stop. stop. Yeah. Things would frequently go missing and reappear. I even had a swarm of car- carpenter ants once in the middle of the night. Ugh, they all died immediately. What? I cleaned everything up and we called the exterminator, who came out the next day and basically told me I was crazy and there was nothing there. Odd noises. I don't like that. Just seeing a big swarm of ants and, and then, then they, they just all, all die. Just, uh, I would leave. I would leave. That one, that's weird. I would fly away. You would fly away. I was going to say on a carpet of the dead ants, but I was, that doesn't make one any sense. One day I'll fly away. Just a Latin style dead ant carpet. Gross. Um, 
feel very weird this morning. All right. Uh, we came out. Nope. Came out and told us nothing was there. Odd noises, some fear invoking, and some not would occur constantly. I get it. My ex-husband and I were not happy at the time. That'll do it. Um, any emotion. Oh, yeah. It's going to ramp up that activity. Out. Once during a particularly bad fight between us, a large ball of light formed at the top of the main staircase and turned into a humanoid shape and ran down the stairs behind us. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that right off. I, here's the thing. I don't like it. I'm okay. I'm not okay with things materializing. I'm not okay with them running. Running. It's the act, if it walked down the stairs. That's, that seems more residual. Running is gross. Like, it, yeah, it's. I it's have chills gross. all over my arms. I don't like that Ew. one bit. I don't like that. Well, it gets a worse. Teeny tiny bit. <laughs> um, let's say turned into a humanoid shape and ran down the stairs behind us and into the corner of the living room, where it lingered for a second. Get. I, I'm sorry. I'm gross. I'm peeling my skin off. Let me quit doing. Is it like a nervous tick? I well, yes, it is. Now I'm just. Just like, don't throw it at me. I'm sorry. It's bad. Okay. Needless to say, we stopped fighting and made up for the night. Yeah, I think that was a I, sign. If that doesn't stop. make you settle your differences, I don't know what does. Uh, small, Many small things happened over the few years that I lived there, but the activity noticeably decreased after my ex-husband moved out and our divorce was final. That makes sense. The first night I slept in the house alone after he left, uh, of course it was in the creepy smoking parlor, Oh. I clearly heard a woman's voice humming a song. Okay. I recognized it as my great-grandmother. Oh, nice. I'm going to cry. That's lovely. She used to hum that tune to us all the time. It was comforting and let me know that she was there supporting me. So who ran down the stairs? I don't know. Maybe it was also her grandmother like, stop. Maybe. Quit fighting. Maybe. That about the song, that actually has me kind of emotional. That's really nice. Yeah, that would be a good closure. Like, mm. you know, hearing, a, especially the tune. Yeah. You know, it's not just recognizing the voice. It's a song that's usually hummed. And it's a peaceful thing. It's not a scary bang or crash. Yeah. It's something very peaceful. And your first night alone after separating. It's kind of like it's over. It's over now. You're, you, know, you know, but then to have that, it would probably solidify your resolve and yeah. like, I made the right decision. Uh, yeah, almost yeah. like she's sitting there with you. Yeah. Maybe touching your hair. Yeah, kind of giving you a little grandma you. pat. Yeah, that's nice. How nice. Would you like another story? I would love another story. Oh my God, my fingers are so dry. <laughs> that's one thing that we should mention. We found out from each other after recording yesterday that while it wasn't hot in here, the whole time both of our palms were almost dripping with sweat. That's right. And they would not stop. That's right. Macy stood up and she said, I've been, she said, one weird thing is I was sweating out of my palms. And I, being very hot, and I was probably very glistening and I sweat all the time anyway, um, I never sweat from my palms. I don't either. Not like that. Not like that. And it was like. It was, a, it was like a stress sweat. I kept having to like. It was bad. Like, the paper was getting yeah. all gross because of it. It was bad. It was the weirdest thing, especially happening to both of us. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm thinking about it extra hard because I feel my... I've never been more aware of my palms. And they're not doing it right now. Yeah. They've not been doing it at all. It was super weird. Okay, so this was sent in by Julia P. Julia. 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 P. My husband works at our local theater. Our family spends a lot of time there, including our five-year-old daughter who loves to twirl in the lobby, play with echoes, and run up and down the stairs uh, to play in the upstairs lobby. 
Now we are a fairly skeptical. Now we are fairly skeptical individuals, but we have spent plenty of time in the theater, and it is known that weird things happen. Often, my husband will get a call after hours because the motion detectors pick up movement Ew. on the stage when no one is there, and he has to go to reset the alarms. You know, normal stuff. No, just some ghosts just living some, out their fantasy. And they're just doing a play, man. They just want to act. the best play for you. And just a thespian. Just go sit in there and watch them. I'm sure they'd be. I'm sure they'd love it. <laughs> Recently, the theater hosted a local ghost hunting team and opened oh. it to the public. I decided to go for the entertainment value, and this is where my story begins. Oh, boy. After the initial welcome, we divided into groups, and we climbed the stairs to the upstairs lobby where the group congregated around one of the ghost hunters. Mm. She explained the use of the divining rods to us and showed us the, me showed us the devices. For anyone not familiar with them, they are built like L-shaped bits of metal. They're held loosely in the hands with the longer side pointing outward. Those interested uh, took a closer look at the tools, and I took note that they were, for lack of a better word, floppy. Uh, I didn't see how these floppy bits of metal were going to help us communicate with any spirits. Uh, then she held the rods and explained that she would ask yes or no questions, and if yes, she would ask the spirits to cross the rods, and if no, to spread them apart, bringing them back to neutral between questions. The ghost hunter then demonstrated by asking a few questions, and we saw that the rods responded the way she asked, by crossing, uncrossing, and spreading apart, mm. albeit rather hesitantly. As a skeptic, I was not impressed. I'm skeptical of divining rods often, too. Really? Well, they are very easy to manipulate. Mm -hmm. Very easy to manipulate. I also think it's that thing. What, what is it called when you are using, like, the Ouija board and your hands will actually move it? Sometimes, yeah. Without you trying. Well, and that's the thing. If you, if this is, I, I was not there, you know, but a lot of um, ghost hunters can be a little showy. Mm-hmm. And it is very easy to manipulate those rods yeah. in your palms. It's yeah. not hard. So, I mean, it's like, I, I understand how they work. Mm -hmm. And I believe like an honest ghost hunter. Yeah, maybe. But you yeah. just never know because they're easy to fake. Well, if I had a pair in my own hands, That would be different, different. You know? But yeah, in someone else's, I'm like, you fucking with me? Yeah. You fucking with me right now? I think it might That's be. like somebody who's like, did you hear that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, I, mean, I just don't know. Um, but could be legit. Could be legit. Uh, the ghost hunter demonstrated by asking a few questions. Oh, wait, here we go. Uh, as a skeptic, I was not impressed. We then sat through some guest participation, but no one got any responses. My husband had joined the group midway through and asked to give it a shot. I expected the same lack of action we had been seeing, honestly, because I thought that no one could fake us out with the wands like the pro could. <laughs> I was about to be proven wrong. My husband started by introducing himself as an employee of the theater and asking the spirit if she had seen him there before. The divining rods held loosely in his hands in front of him crossed decisively. Hmm. This reaction was different than anything we had seen yet. He asked the spirit to uncross the rods returning to neutral and they complied. Again, it was quick and decisive. This hmm. unnerved me, but the next question raised chill bumps all over my body. Have you seen my daughter playing up here? Immediately, they crossed again. Yes. Is she welcome here? Again, a quick, decisive yes. Oh, that's nice. My husband made eye contact with me and I could see he was unnerved, uh, but he continued to ask a series of questions that led to some very poignant answers. The area that we live is important. was an important part of the Underground Railroad. Oh. Slaves would depart here and escape into Canada in freedom. Cool. Uh, through half an hour of questioning, we determined that the spirit that resides in the upstairs lobby of the theater is that of a former slave who is escaping with her husband and children. We determined that she was there alone and she was looking for her children. Oh. After getting these answers, the spirit seemed to tire and it was time to move to the next section of the theater, which is just as well because we were emotionally drained. Yeah. Even though I saw for myself, it would be nigh to impossible for the questioner to move the rods themselves, I later asked my husband if he had moved the rods. 
I denied it and I absolutely, or he denied it and I do believe him. Yeah. There is no way he could have so cavalierly used, there's no way he would have so cavalierly used our daughter to entertain mm -hmm. a bunch of strangers. Mm -hmm. That was a couple of months ago and the usual shenanigans that go, go on at the theater with motion detectors going off in weird noises and unoccupied areas, but the upstairs lobby now remains quiet. It's interesting. I mean, if she's looking for her kids, it she, makes sense that she's okay with a, yeah. a little girl playing up there. You know, and it might have gone quiet because she got a chance to tell her story, maybe. which is what we were talking about. Maybe and sometimes that, that's what you need. And maybe the tiring was yeah. her, just kind of fading, moving like, on. Okay, I feel good. Maybe so. And then she would have, in doing that, found her children, and I might cry. That is poignant. <laughs> that's very lovely. Um, yeah. Especially with the okay, so with the rods moving so decisively, as they kept yeah. saying. To move those rods quickly and decisively, there would be a noticeable... Yeah, that's the thing. Because they are floppy, and yeah. then they'll kind of... Burr, burr, yeah. burr, you know, like they have to... So, yeah, that's you interesting. You would have seen them being manipulated, I yeah. guess. As opposed to the slow The slow, which moving. that you can kind of You can kind of do with like the inside of your palms. Bit. Yeah, like, there's a way to... look, they're moving. Be a charlatan. I wonder if the... Um, not not to, not to that we're calling the, the person a fraud. Yeah. We're just saying it's a possibility. Yeah. I wonder if they were sitting there like, oh shit, it's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. Maybe How so. pissed off are you if you're a professional like ghost hunter and you've gotten to the point of just being showy because nothing, a lot of the times ghost hunters get really frustrated because they don't find anything. They don't anything. find anything, yeah. It's, it's a tough, it's tough to it's find. It's a tough biz. You know? Yeah. And then somebody goes up and has this whole conversation. Yeah. Are you sitting there like, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I not, is this not my calling? Well, there's 20 years of my life. <laughs> All right, I have a story from Drew O. Drew O. Drew O. Drew O. It's like Steve O, but <laughs> less awful. <laughs> so this story starts off with a bang. Oh, literally? And it just says, yes. It just says bang. Oh. First off, it just says, first off is the little ghost girl. So Great. we're getting into it. All right. My family lives in Rush, Kentucky. It is a super tiny rural town, there's that word, it's rural, near Huntington, West Virginia. My family has lived in Rush a very long time, and my great-grandmother, who I'll talk more about in a bit, was known as the local expert in Rush's history, and she knew everyone in it. Okay, so she's got her finger on the pulse of the town. Mm -hmm. And she says it helps that I'm related to probably half of the town. That's yeah, how it goes. That's how it goes. This is the way the story of the little ghost girl has been told to me since I was young. So probably a mile or two down the road from where both my granny and Nana live, there was a house that caught fire. I believe that this was before my Nana was born or where she was when she was very little. In the fire, there was a little girl who died and her mother, I believe, died trying to get to her. Oh. Shit. Now, if you drive down that part of the road, you may see either the little girl or her mother as they are looking for each other. Oh, Fuck. no. I have had many family members see either of them, but the story I know the best is from my dad. He was once picking up my mom for a date at the beginning of their relationship. My dad didn't know the story until after he told my mom and grandparents about his experience. It was dark out and he was either leaving from or dropping my mom off. Uh, he, as he was driving, he thought he saw a woman about to cross the road, so mm. he slowed down. And when he got past where she had been, he looked in the mirror and she was gone. My Nana told him it sounded like he saw the little girl, ghost girl's mom. Very casual. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the, that's, that's, that's the, mom. The, the mom. That's just her. 
Now this next bit is a tad long, so I apologize in advance. Uh, my great grandmother has been haunting us since she passed away five years ago. So a little backstory, uh, so some of this makes sense. My granny died of a terminal lung cancer case, so we all knew it was coming. Okay. Okay. She was also fairly young as far as great-grandmothers go. She was in her early 80s when she passed. Mm. She informed us all that... um, She also informed all of us that if she had a way of staying, she planned to. All right, so she was like... She's already saying, like, y'all are going to deal with me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. She was the matriarch of our very large, close-knit family. She was very ornery and did not <laughs> and like did her. things her own way. She was definitely a witch in her own way. She was also very Christian. And my aunt and I suspect we come from a long line of witches. Okay, so she, she knew that the afterlife was going to be mm-hmm. coming up on her. She told all of us fairy tales, and I'm not sure how much of it was lore uh, from the area and how much she made up. <laughs> um, around Halloween, she brought out a witch called, wait, Oh, around Halloween, she brought out her witch persona called Hazel. Oh. She sounds like a good time. I love her. My granny is buried on my Nana's property because she requested to be buried overlooking the rock cliff there. I like that. The house my Nana lives in was built by my great-grandfather, and he and my granny lived there for a very long time until they felt they were too old to get up and down the hill. So they moved across the street where the house they raised their children once sat. Macy, you will appreciate this. My granny said she wanted to live up on the hill in the wooded area because she wanted to be able to walk outside naked where nobody could see her. My girl. We we knew we liked this lady. I understand you. Since my granny passed, she has definitely stayed with us. The first year after she passed, she's just naked in the woods, just ghost strutting. That'll be my ghost. I'll just be walking around naked. Just saw this naked chick walking around. Yeah. Saw like this naked like 90-year-old woman just just walking around the woods. Picking up sticks. What? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The first year after she passed uh, was when she was the most active. She often turned off lights and slammed doors, normally upstairs in the attic. (laughs) I feel like that was her just being like, I'm a witch. (laughs) (laughs) My uh, Nana has said sometimes that she would be working outside and she would feel a little pinch when nobody was around. And she was sure it was Granny goosing her. I love it. I love this woman. I do, too. My cousin who inherited her old uh, rocker will regularly see it rock on its own uh, when there aren't any cats or anything around. Rockers are such a active item. Yeah. I think it's because it's an easy, movable... It is. They don't have to expend a lot of energy. They can just chill. And... Yeah. And I think people spent a lot of time mm-hmm. in rocking chairs. You know, like there's a lot of imprintation, like a... Babies are usually reared in rocking chairs. And, you know, you have these multi-generation... They just always get passed down, Old women, you know... Love a rocking chair. Love a rocking chair. Mm -hmm. Just kind of to sit and gossip all damn day. Oh, my God, you can. It's easy. Talk about their men. Yes. (laughs) Useless men. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, She also regularly pops up in my cousin's dreams. Not as much as that first year, uh, but when she first passed, it felt like she was just visiting. For example, my mom dreamt she was at the grocery store and my granny was her cashier. And granny just asked how she was and told her that she loved her. Very similar dreams yeah. that grandma has had. Yeah. Grandma's just, had a lot of active type dreams like that. That's a, um, that's like a contact dream. Yeah. But what is the significance of her being the cashier? I know. That's interesting. I huh. like that. 
Uh, now the spookiest dream with my granny didn't happen with any of the family, but my best friend. My granny passed away after I started college, which is where I met my best friend. She was assigned to be my random roommate, and I strongly believe the universe know, knew we needed to be together. Neat. We had lived together in our dorm for a month, and half when my granny passed away, she w- oh, she was my rock when my granny mm. passed away. After being, uh, that being said, she never met my granny, and she, excuse me guys, I don't have my glasses on, so I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, keeping it together. That being said, she never met my granny. And at the the point she had the dream, she had never been to my Nana's house. She and I had been friends for probably three years at this point, and uh, I had recently gotten back from a trip to my aunt in St. Louis. I got a call from her when she described this dream. Oh, so she left and her roommate is like alone. Okay. Uh, I got a call and she described this dream. In the dream, she woke up in a bed in my Nana's attic. When we stay the night with my Nana, we all sleep in the attic where Mm -hmm. my Nana uh, has several beds for all of us. While I had described this to my friend, she had never been there. Interesting. She said she wasn't sure how she knew that's where she was, but she knew it mm-hmm. in her in her dream. Then my granny poked her head up beside the bed and asked her why she was and asked her why she was in her bed and who she was. I love this. My friend told her who she was and she didn't know why she was there. My granny then proceeded to tell her that she needed to tell my aunt to listen. After that, my friend, oh, so grandma came to a friend and said, you need to tell this living person to listen. Mm. She had to like reach outside the family for this one. (laughs) After that, my friend woke up. She told my aunt who later on would have her own experiences um, about the message that she needed to, I guess, to shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. Also, the next year, my friend visited my Nana's house for the first time where she saw the attic and she said it looked just like it did in her dream. Interesting. If you're still with me here, I have one more granny story. I love this woman. I love it. I this love is... this woman. Well, we think it might actually be my great-grandfather who has also since passed and is buried at my Nana's house. My Nana and Pa live in that house alone, but we often come up to visit. Okay, Nana's still alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. My Nana had set out a bowl with caramel candy in it, as she often does, with various sweets for her and my girl. Oh, my God. Is that what we talking? You know that's what we talking. I know that's what we talking. It hadn't been out for a couple of days uh, when my Nana realized all the candy was gone. She called my sister to see if she had taken it when she had been up there. (laughs) you just pour the whole bowl in your purse? Just, yeah, sure. (laughs) She said she had not. She asked my pa if he had eaten it all or taken it, and he didn't. I see you. No. No. He's just stuffing it in his pocket. Of course, his pockets are full. (laughs) Rattling around. No. (laughs) Woman. Um, He said that he didn't, and he didn't take it. So she filled up the bowl again. Once again, after a day or so, it had all disappeared, and there hadn't even been any visitors. So she asked my pa again. She's, old man, you taking that candy? going to rot out of your skull, man. She started to think he was trying to play a joke on her, and he insisted that he was not. So she tried again, and the same thing happened. There weren't any signs of mice or anything around either. This time, she put cinnamon candy in a bowl. Okay, baby. She's the only one in the house who likes the cinnamon candy. It also disappears. Oh, shit. She can't find any of the candy or even wrappers anywhere in the house, and cinnamon is even a deterrent to mice, yeah. And ants, too, I believe, so they wouldn't have really been into it. Uh, I wasn't 
It wasn't until a few weeks later that she found the cinnamon candy upstairs in a random cupboard, and she never found the caramel candy. So it was just moved. Interesting. Oh, and you know what? If she's the only one who likes it, maybe whoever moved it was just like, get this get out this of here. Out of your, get, put, I'm going to empty this, and maybe she put the caramels back in here. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, now, in life, my great-grandfather had a big sweet tooth and hid candy so his grandkids wouldn't eat it all. So I respect think maybe that. he did it. I respect it. You know what? Fuck them grandkids. Fuck <laughs> them grandkids. <laughs> just... He's the one dumping it in his pocket. I love it. And then he gets the cinnamon candy. What the fuck is this, this shit? This is not what it. I wanted. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed my granny's afterlife antics very much. Very much. Uh, since I had already written so much, I'm including one more short story about my haunted dorm room. Okay. If you're... Dorm rooms. Dude, there's a lot there. There's a lot mm. in dorm rooms. I mean, not only just the fact that many universities are old, so much emotion mm-hmm. happens in college. And a lot of emotions that are impact stress. Stress. And just you're on your own for the first time. Nervousness. You have to work through you grow up in yeah. college a lot, you know, and a lot of that is spent in a tiny little room. Mm-hmm. Person after person after person. It's, there's a lot going on. Concrete thick ass walls yeah. that are just like a conduit. Yeah. Yeah. Motorcycles. Thought it was thunder and I was going to be so happy. If you're ever in Kentucky, I highly recommend checking out the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Fuck yeah, man. That's a goddamn good one. (laughs) My best friend who I have mentioned above. Oh, okay. uh, Has been many times and has had several experiences. That place is... Dude, it's on the list, man. It's a hotbed. Here's my dorm story. The dorm I met my best friend in... um, in my freshman year was definitely haunted and not by my granny. Oh, that's not good. Whatever this was felt more trickster-like. The two most notable experiences happened at night while we were trying to sleep. That's when they like to get you. Yeah. The first time was while I was in the dorm alone uh, for the weekend. I woke up in the middle of the night after feeling what seemed to be like footsteps walking down from the middle of the bed okay so footsteps on the actual I bed i want to leave my body right now that is the worst what that is such a weird aggressive move bold, i know my face move. is just <laughs> i can't control what it's doing i don't like that one bit I I, <laughs> it's just such a weird thing because if you heard footsteps that's where footsteps are supposed to be but like on the bed nah nah I didn't see anything but when I got myself entirely awake I started asking my granny to protect me and immediately the pressure went away good woman hell yeah man go, what a bamf I adore that woman <sighs> just struts in naked get out of here get out of here throwing candy at it <laughs> The way our beds were set up is mine was perpendicular to my friend, but without the bottom half underneath. So there was about a foot. Okay. You know, like sometimes hotel beds go all the way to the floor. So this one actually had a space under it. Her friends did. Um, Okay. So one night while we were both there, the top half of her mattress rose up several inches inches and dropped down. Just kind of like a quick, like somebody lifted it and dropped it. What? When she told me about it. The next morning, I tried to do that with my feet, but couldn't make it. Okay, I see. That's why she's saying. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't raise it up with her feet. Anyway, that's all I have. Hope you enjoyed. Okay, like so the m- mental image of that is, I guess, just like you're sitting there and it just went. And your mattress just pops up and down again. 
And then there was promptly a me-shaped hole in the wall. You know, if you sat on the opposite side of a mattress, it might kind of lift up like that. You know how they kind of oh, yeah. dip in? Yeah, unless huh. you're not on it. Unless a ghost. You're like across the room. No, no, I mean like if that's what they. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Unless yeah. the ghost was just trying to test the integrity of the mattress. Like, yeah. this looks like a solid mattress. I don't know. Quality craftsmanship. Let me, let me test it out. Pop. You know how some people who don't just really. Just a dad ghost. Yes. I was thinking, you know, like dads who don't really know what they're doing. They'll like kick the tires on cars and yeah. shit. Yeah. It's like that <laughs> meme that they say the only way that you know nothing's going to go anywhere is after the dad says, pulls on it and says, that's not going anywhere. Like after they tie something down, you know, that seals it. I love all that. <laughs> that's solid. That's solid. I like um, all the other ones about dads and ther- thermostat, uh, thermostats, thermostats. It's just like dads have the third sense that uh, when someone touches the thermostat or it's like SpongeBob popping out and it's like <laughs> my dad when he feels someone touch the thermostat. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. Is this the, my, this will be my last I one. I think this is the okay. last one. All right. So this was sent by Amanda A. Amanda A. Amanda A. Amanda A. Around this time last year, I purchased a duplex that was built in 1901. Oh. Next to, oh. This rager, next to this rather large building is a cemetery. Mm. One of the first questions my real estate agent asked me if I was bothered by cemeteries, I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> my girl. My girl. I love cemeteries. Oh, I think yeah. they are peaceful, peaceful beautiful places. So nicely kept. I love them. Oh, yeah. Uh, because it is a duplex, it is split down the middle, and both units are mirrored. Okay. There is a basement, four bedrooms, two floors, and a connected attic. Oh. Ugh. That's kind of weird, though. If, like, somebody shit's haunted over there, you're going to get some... You're going to get some <laughs> connected. It's going to migrate over. <laughs> uh, the unit I moved into was in pretty good shape. The other side, not so much. Mm. I have... Uh, I had to have the electricity in the entire building updated, and the previous tenant had destroyed the place. Oh, nice. It had to be completely gutted. I worked my regular job to come home and work on the other apartment mm-hmm. until 12 to... Oh, okay, so she bought she both halves of the duplex. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, until 12 to 1 a.m., and then would do it all again the next day. That was my entire summer. Mm-hmm. When I first moved in and unpacked my things, I began hanging pictures of my children and family around the living room. Just about every night, the pictures would come crashing onto my floor. This didn't really bother me until they started coming down with such force that they chipped the walls and shattered the glass on the frames. Somebody did not like those. Somebody didn't like those. I remember saying, okay, this was fun. I know you're here, but you're starting to ruin my things. This needs to stop. Not a single picture has fallen since, but the tricks have not stopped. Mm. One night, I had finished working on the apartment and decided it was time to go home and go to bed. I was the only person in the entire building. I took a shower and climbed into bed. The second my head hit the pillow, I began to hear a beeping. I sat up and listened. It sounded like a fire alarm going off mm. somewhere. I got up and searched the entire my entire side of the building. I could hear it coming from the upstairs portion of the house, but not on my side. I called my best friend who lived five minutes down the road to see if she could at least stand guard while I investigated. Smart. Um, she was on her way home from work and wouldn't be in the area for another half an hour or so. Oh. I told her just to stay on the phone with me while I checked out the situation. I went into the apartment. Side note, there was no electricity in that unit because mm-hmm. uh, the work had been going on. With my phone as my flashlight, I could hear the alarm going off. Um, I walked up the stairs and could hear the alarm clearer, but still could not find it. That's when I got a little nervous. It's coming from the attic, I told my friend. 
And she said, do not go into the attic alone. Get your ass outside and wait for me. <laughs> I know for a fact there are no detectors in the attic at this time. I had been up there with the electricians on several occasions as well as home inspectors. Hmm. The attic is a creepy place. Hmm. The walls are covered in old newspaper clippings and there are no lights. It is dark and just not a safe place to be. Does this... Did a serial killer live here? I am, what is with the newspaper? I hate things? everything about that. I hate everything about <laughs> it. Um, normally, I would have waited, but I looked out of the window and noticed a fire truck driving up and down the road looking for the, ha the house the alarm was coming from. Hmm. I told her to stay on the phone, and I was going to check it out. She panicked and yelled at me. Anyway, I opened the attic door and could hear the beeping much louder. It was definitely coming from up there. I took two steps up the stairs, and it stopped. I froze and yelled, nope, and I ran out of the attic, down the stairs, onto the sidewalk. Good girl. Um, my friend told me that she was on her way and not to go into the attic. I called my dad and talked to him. Your friend is just like, stop, 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 yeah, stop. It's like, will you please listen to me? You <laughs> called me for a reason. Yeah, now listen to my advice. I called my dad and talked to him to keep myself from freaking out as I waited for my friend to show up. The fire truck is still driving up and down the road, so I have at this point hid behind my car in the driveway hoping to avoid any attention. What feels like forever goes by and my friend shows up. As soon as she gets out of the car, the alarm starts going off again. Mm. We walked over to the apartment mm. and she picked up some sort of paint can opener, you know, like some sort of a weapon. <laughs> we began searching the apartment by flashlight again. The beeping was definitely coming from upstairs again, but this time it was only the attic. Uh, we noticed near one of the windows, uh, we noticed it near one of the windows that somehow had been opened. I looked out onto the roof and there it was, a smoke detector sitting out on the roof, beeping away. I climbed out, got the alarm, and ripped the batteries out of it. I tried thinking of rational ways the alarm could have ended up up there, but couldn't come up with anything. I know the windows and the doors were locked before I left. I know the beeping was originally coming from the attic, and I know there were no alarms in the attic. My friend rolled her eyes at me and said, dude, you would buy a haunted house. <laughs> so that's, that's creepy because it was in the attic. Mm. It stopped beeping and then she came back and the window was open mm -hmm. and it was then on the roof. That's weird. I don't like it. I don't like that at all. There's a lot of implications. I, that's weird. So the rest of the night was fine. A couple of days later, I decided to finally go check out the cemetery next door. Motorcycles. Uh, I visited everyone and introduced myself. I started at the front and worked my way back. It isn't very large. There are probably 20 or 30 people buried there. There was one stone towards the back that caught my eye. Something about it felt familiar. I finally made, wait, I finally made my way to the stone and I knew it. I knew that she was the one hanging around my house. Mm. Her name was Elizabeth. I laughed and said, I believe we've already met. <laughs> I went home and made myself- I think you opened my fucking window. <laughs> yeah, you kind of scared the shit out of me, but you know what, we've met, it's okay. I went home and made myself a nice whiskey. Mm. While I was mixing the drink, I heard tapping on one of the lights above me in the kitchen. I responded with, hello, friend. You are welcome here. Just don't break my shit or harm people. And since then, we have gotten along like two peas in a pod. Yeah. She ticks on my lights in the bedroom every night as I'm getting ready for bed. I always acknowledge her and wish her a good night. That's her just saying night. She's dude. saying hello. She's still a little mischievous, but also helpful on an occasion. My sister had moved into the apartment next door and has expressed to me that lights sometimes turn on in her apartment when everyone is sleeping, mm. especially a touch light. <laughs> I've had 
many a time with oh, a yeah. goddamn touchlight. That was what was in my bedroom growing oh, no, up. I, it, oh, no, I remember. Did it ever fuck with you, too? Yeah, because that was basically the, like, where I would sleep. Yeah. And you would sleep upstairs. Yeah. And it I would always. Over. No. Always. No. I don't want to talk about it. And you can hear it. it. Like, hear that ping, ping, yeah. ping. Like, well, see, yeah, because it did have that very specific. No, it would it's rattle that metal yeah, that like you could was... touch, and it would. Mm. And then also, when it increased in frequency, like the brightness went up, you would just hear this, like yeah. this, this light. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I know, and it would shine its light right into your very haunted closet. I remember. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm having, I'm having flashbacks. Yep, 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 yep. Um, she still sets off fire alarms out of nowhere. The biggest issue with this is now all of the alarms in the building are connected, so she just scares mm. the crap out of everyone in the building. She likes to do it when I'm meditating or doing spell work. She's a brat. Sometimes when I am talking about her, she will show off. I was talking to my friend about her one day, and she opened the door behind me. I didn't see it, but I did see my friend's face turn white when she saw it. She also throws shampoo bottles around in my shower, loud enough for people to hear when we are talking about her. On one occasion, she turned both bedroom lights on at my kids' rooms when they were sleeping. It started as a scary experience, but I have gained a friend. I bought the house with the idea that I was going to sell it or buy another house to move to and rent both units out, but I can't stand the thought of not having Elizabeth in my home. Mm. I think I'm going to stick around for a while. P.S. Right after I sent this, my fire alarms went off. <laughs> That's adorable. She knew. She yeah. knew. You talking about me? <laughs> I know you are. That's exactly what it feels like. It's just a little, maybe like a young woman. Yeah. It's just, I mean, my ears were burning. I love that. That's very nice. All right, we have our last story of the evening. Uno mas morning. Morning. Of the Ugh. whenever you're listening to this. Oh, yeah. That was a good stretch. Hunter just gave us a bit of a scare. All right, and that's what the knocking Which is was. funny because it was such a nonchalant visit. <laughs> he just came in. How y'all doing? Yeah, he had his okay. coffee. I had no idea. He All became right. the headless man he on accident. Yes. I've been waiting. Every I've looked out of that people maybe twice. I've not looked out of it a single goddamn Every time. Every time I feel my I feel my whole body quit looking out of it. I want to see it. I don't. All right, here we go. Arika? Arika? Erica? Sure. I don't know. I believe it. Arika, Erica, Arika. That's one long. It's one name. of those three. <laughs> we have a story from Arika. Erica? Arika? We're sorry. L. Um, where am I? Oh, at the top. I tell you, I have no glasses. (laughs) The family I come from isn't exactly what I would call open about most things regarding the spiritual world. Okay. Most of them are staunch Christians, mainly Baptist. Feel, feel that. Yeah. Uh, You wouldn't perhaps live in the South, would you? Yeah. (laughs) We still use herbal remedies and healer like methods passed down from generation to generation. Good knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's basically as far as they'll go into any realm outside of their religion. Okay. So the first couple stories are short ones that almost shattered a few boundaries with my family members. Oh, oh like shit. a good boundary shatter. Taking the door down. Damn, I'm a ghost. <laughs> my cousin changed names for the story. Marie was born in 2006, shortly before Christmas. She was a small baby. But strong as hell and even wild for such a, a such a young age. I appreciate. Which could have been an indication of how she connected of how connected she was going to be with otherworldly things. Oh yeah. But none of us, besides myself, had experienced anything previously, so we had no reason to suspect it. 
The first experience we can remember her having vividly was a little bit after she had turned four. My aunt, uncle, cousin Annie, and Marie all lived in a large two-story house somewhere around 20 minutes outside of town, only 10 minutes from my own house. It was sort of in the middle of nowhere, cornfields to... This is the South. Are you in Kansas? Cornfields to the front, back, and both sides of the house, with two large barns out behind the house as well. It was a home that they had designed and built, so no one else had ever lived there. Um, However, anytime I would go visit for a party or a get-together, I never felt like I was alone in my room. Always, there was the feeling of someone somewhere watching me. Not really malevolent in any way, just someone keeping an eye out and letting me know it was present, Mm. especially in the upstairs toy room. Okay. My aunt is a heavy skeptic. She refuses to believe in anything, sometimes even if she's already seen it. Okay. My aunt walked by the bedroom to hear my cousin Marie playing alone and talking to herself, which wasn't unusual for her at all, uh, and she was known to be in the imaginary friend stage. Mm -hmm. She stopped to peek in and saw Marie sitting at the foot of the bed looking up at something. Oh. Almost like she were looking at someone standing up uh, in front of her. Okay. This is where it became unusual for my aunt because Marie usually always looked at her own height when yeah, she talked like to a little friend. imaginary yeah. friends. Exactly. She didn't really play, uh, pay it any thought until it, it kept going on for about four weeks. Finally, after a while of wondering what was going on with my cousin and her unseen visitor, my aunt walked into the room and felt uneasy, mm-hmm. like she had introduced had intruded on a personal meeting. Ah. Huh. She asked Marie who she had been talking to all this time. My little cousin smiled, took her mom's hand, and directed her down the hallway to a wall of photos the family they had. Uh, they had hanging there. She pointed to a hefty, tall man with white hair and a kind face. It's Pat-Pat, she said. Aw. He says it's okay. He knows you're sad about him a lot. She's a little spirit child. I'm gonna fucking cry. Uh, She knows you're sad about him a lot, so he didn't want to make you feel bad because you can't see him. Oh. My aunt's dad passed away just a few months um, after Marie had been born and had only seen her about four times total before he had even passed. Apparently, Marie had been seeing him for a few weeks. Every time, he would always ask Marie to make sure that she told her mom that she loved her so she would never forget. My aunt still tears up when she relays the story, because it was one thing that she never doubted. Mm. Her father coming around to let her know that he still loved her. Um, you can't doubt that. That's like in the sixth sense, you know, when she's like, he's, she says she saw you dance. And it's like, that's something that it's like, that's a moment that you know is true and you can't deny it. Like, that's beautiful. (sighs) This kid. She's very powerful. Oh, man. The second story, oh man, I'm sorry, that one really that got was to me. Beautiful. That's why I got a These little, These have been like, very nice, uh, touching really stories. Have. I'm very glad about it, especially after some of the, uh, the horrible toughness of this episode. This is a nice way to close. Yes. Um, oh man, okay, give me a sec, sorry. The second story is awesome. The second story, no, I said it right. I was thinking story like level of a house. Excuse me. The second story is also with Marie, but a lot shorter. When Marie was younger, she would scrunch up one side of her face and call it her spud face. Interesting. No one really knew why she called it that until my great-grandma saw her do it, and she was kind of dumbfounded by it. 
My great-grandfather, uh, my great-grandpa had a brother named Ed who had lovingly been nicknamed Spud. From what, <laughs> from what my great-grandma has told the family, Spud had a seizure when he was about 30, leaving the right side of his face scrunched up in sort of a Popeye look. Wow. Spud had died long before any of the grandkids were born, and hardly any pictures um, of him after the stroke had been taken due to his own, like, shyness yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she said that she had seen him in a dream. This little girl, man. She is a powerful little thing. I hope that she... Retains. I hope it's encouraged, you mm-hmm. know? I hope that it's encouraged so she can build upon it and it's not just lost. You know, the thing here is it's not random spirits it's, it's family it's family yeah. reaching out and using her they as, know she can hear yeah. them and see them That's and neat. especially in a family i guess where everything might have been not talked about yeah if you do cross over and you see this little girl and you're like this, she can see she me. can see me you please tell my daughter that i love her mm-hmm. you know and that, that's, that's lovely really great this one is my own. Again, shorter than the first. <laughs> Just a bunch of short occurrences of when I was a young child growing up in my grandmother's house. I shared a room with my mom on the ground floor of the grandparents' um, two-story house. The house was large and rested at the top of a hill, nestled in the edge of the local woods, Lovely. overlooking a pond that had once been a fresh spring where a young Abraham Lincoln had rescued a pig who had been stuck in a hole. I love it. I love everything about what you just said to me. all right tiny bit of local history our town was the old state capital of illinois before it got moved to springfield everything in lincoln everything is lincoln here we can't escape him (laughs) (laughs) the basement was always a hot point for um for me when i was young as my grandmother had a room full of antique objects dating uh, from as early as the 1780s to anywhere as recent as the 1990s. And some of the objects were as, from as far away as South Asia. My grandfather is a Vietnam veteran and would bring back items for my grandma that he thought she would like. Aw. That room terrified me. Mm. It was filled with porcelain dolls. Fuck right off. Many had faces that had cracked and flaked Fuck with age. off further. Fuck that off. I always felt watched there and hated going in there. Because they were watching you. Because of how dark and cluttered with antiques it was. I would sort of feel, I would sort of feel energetically claustrophobic. That's how that. we feel. Yep. That's how we felt last night. Last night. Yeah. Not to mention the black shadows I would see from the corners of my eyes Gross. darting across the room. Gross. When I was trying to leave. The workshop also had a very strong feeling of being watched. And I had definitely seen shadows watching me from behind the glass window. Oh, the door. The door is one of those glass window doors, I guess, inside of a house, which I love. Yeah. You know, uh, and apparently she would see shadows watching her from behind those windows. Great. It was placed right across the children's playroom. One room over from the antique room. Anytime I would go into the toy room, I always had to look over my shoulders, uh, and I didn't like uh, I didn't like being down there by myself for a long amount of time. Okay, yeah, makes sense. I get it. The whole basement floor had that kind of feeling of unrest to it, mm. and I was one of those kids that had to run as fast as possible up the stairs I whenever, still do whenever the lights were turned off because I felt like something was behind me. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Your heart beats faster oh, yeah. than and you're just like, ever. it's gonna grab my ankle. Yep. The only time I felt safe and like I didn't have a time limit, limit, um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. when you're just Mm -hmm. like, my time's, I got to get out of here, 
was when I played is when I played the antique piano my grandma had in the playroom. I was terribly out of tune and I couldn't read any sheet music, but I could play by ear like my great grandmother Maxine could. Cool. So I would either make up my own songs or try to play a song I knew from the radio. When I would play, I would feel sort of a protective bubble around me. me. Or like I had given an offering, oh, to whatever was watching me and and it had been pleased. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. I love giving offerings of song and of, you know, intangible things. This went on uh, even after I had moved out and I still play or hum a little tune whenever I go into the basement at my grandma's house. That's cool. Just in case they're still there and they want to hear the music. Hear the music. I've learned to live with them and make peace with them anytime I feel their presence. I like that. That's a very nice thing. And I like the the protective bubble in a room where everything feels weird. Yeah. To have a space where you sit and, and you go, somebody's got my back. I see it in two ways. One, as an offering to where mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, thank you. know, yeah. The music is appreciated. Somebody or it's her sitting, Aunt Maxine. Yeah. And who's she's just like, like, good for you. You know, like you're kind of, yeah. you, me, you, yeah. me, we, I get you. we get each other, yeah. you know? That's, I could do that. I could play by ear too. I could, you know, I, that's really cool. I imagine her just like kind of sitting next, mm-hmm. you know, on the piano bench and just kind of energetically like putting a field up. Yeah. Just being like, just play me some sweet music. Yeah. And I can hear that piano. I have played, I, I can't play piano, be clear, but like I've played out of tune mm. pianos mm-hmm. that have been, you know, when she said it was an out of tune mm-hmm. piano, you know, I, was like, I know that sound. Yeah. That we're like, yeah. very noise. echoey. Echoey. So yeah. Than, yeah. I can hear it. And so that's, that's cool. These were, these were heartwarming. Yes. I like that. Not uh there was not much doom and gloom, which is good. Yeah. I like that. Because our stories had a lot of doom and gloom. A lot of doom and gloom. Time. A lot of evil. <laughs> yes. You know, both human and spiritual. Mm-hmm. So this is nice. And we don't read these. We read these in the order that they come in. We don't pre-read them. Yeah, they're them. random. So it's kind of cool that it just worked out that way. <laughs> Thank you guys for sending these yes. in that order. And yeah, whenever you decided to hit that send button, that was the you perfect did it timing. You solid. If you want to be have your stories read out on a future spooky sode, hit, hit us with them. Right in the heads at... W-B-A-H podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you. We hope we were able to spook you a little bit. At least one little bit. And we hope that you enjoyed the on-location um, factor to this. Again, we want to put out the call to those of you listening to the pod, obviously listening to the podcast, and to people watching uh, over on Patreon to kind of keep an eye out for anything spooky. Anything bishy. And if you hear anything, let us know the timestamp that you happen to hear something at, and we'll, we'll go over it. We're going to try to catch everything that we can. Yep. Uh, we have lots of photos that we've taken, a few short little videos just walking around the hallways mm. and stuff like that. Um, if we'll, we'll probably post them no matter what we find in them, just yeah. because you guys might see something that we don't. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, it will we'll isolate any weird noises and slap them up maybe at the end of the episode. Okay. Yeah. I like it. You like it? I like that. Yeah. Mm. I'm terrified to see what's going to happen when we get into editing. I, I'm dreading it, to be honest. <laughs> Well, I think we're done. Has this been a successful? I think this has been a great success. Yes, this has been absolutely wonderful. Um, so, like we said, from now on, we're going to be on location, and we're only going to get better, you guys, as far as our camera quality yeah. and and we'll get braver. Yes, definitely, and hopefully, we'll be able to uh, use this equipment again. Yeah, and um, we'll eventually probably just get our own. Yeah, yeah, and we want to do things in the future, like maybe having a camera point at. 
the EMF detectors. Yeah, different things like that. The entire time. So we could you have can, quadrants yes, up to where you could see You can everything. see everything. And then, you know, like, I would have loved to have, um, like, the camera on the rocking chair the whole time. Oh, and, yeah. You know, stuff like that. So as we grow, these are going to get even like better. how they do on Ghost Hunters. This is going to, I was thinking that. I was like, this is just going to turn into Ghost Hunters. That's great. With spooky stories. Uh, we want to say thank you again to the North Texas Paranormal Research Team for lending us their wonderful equipment. Yes. And uh, how do you feel about using their closing to uh, close this out? Yeah, let's. Uh, we use their opening, so yeah. let's use the closing. Let's do it. So this is their closing. We are going to review what we have collected last night and this morning. We will return to communicate further if we find anything on our recordings. Thank you for your time and allowing us to communicate with you. Goodbye. 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 And thank you for saying hello if you did. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening and viewing. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we're done. I think we're I think done. We're good. Uh, you can hit us up on our socials. We've got a Facebook where a lot of this will be posted. Uh, we'll probably put little teasers and pictures up here and there mm-hmm. until the episode comes out. We are at Witch Amateur Hour. No bitch on Facebook. No bitch on Facebook. <laughs> What's our Twitter, Mace? Bitch Hour. Not even gonna let you finish. Jesus Christ. We have an Insta gym over at WBA. No. Amateur Hour. We have an inst gym over at Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. You're damn right. And uh, what are we forgetting? Patreon. Patreon. If you should uh, want to watch the videos and have a little, a couple of extra little snippets to see some of the extra footage mm. we took, yada, 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 uh, where, where should you meander? You can meander on over to www.patreon.com forward slash WBAH podcast. If you're interested in wrapping your body up in some merch, we do have the available for you. Oh, yeah. Stickers and phone cases and pillows and whatnot. Uh, link for that is going to be at our website, which is wbahpodcast.com or witchbitchamateurhour.com. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You'll see a link there. I feel like we're forgetting something. <laughs> we'll be fine. Links to all of our info are, as always, will be in the show notes. If you cannot see the show notes or they look like shit because it's on Spotify and they need to fix that, um, Spotify is going to discommunicate <laughs> excommunicate us. Sue us. <laughs> we'll have them do the list of people who are Just going to sue us. Like, yes. Uh, then you can always go to our website and the show notes for the most recent episode will be on the front page. Yeah, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. We've enjoyed it. We're spent. I wish, I wish we could do like a closing where like a ghost like flies up towards the camera and is like, boo. We can do that in post. We'll do that in post. Oh my god. <laughs>